in five, four, three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your hubbubber. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday, January 10th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios. If one of your New Year's resolutions was to get your master's in business analytics and you want to do so in just 12 months and feel like you're being paid to do so in the process, there's only one place to go to make that happen. It's the University of Louisville College of Business, if you want to start your journey today. The first step is by visiting business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the globe and beyond. You know it's better as the Big X. It is a game day edition as much as we may want to ignore it. Cards taking on Miami tonight. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Transfer Portal Madness, uh, some football news looming still that's out there, some leftover nuggets from our conversation yesterday with Matt McGavick. All that good stuff's coming away over the course of the next two hours and 55 minutes. We've also got Scooter Dingus back in the house, a.k.a. Hey-o. Justin Kalen. Uh, how are you, my friend? I know you've had a busy bu- – it's been a busy week already for you, and we're only halfway through it. It has been a very busy week for me. I, yeah, I've, I feel like I have not had any chance to sit down this week as I – am right now sitting down doing my job, so I guess I have sat down, but not in a relaxing sort of way, you know? So, yeah, no, I'm very, I'm tired, I didn't get much sleep last night, I got home from my game that I had to call, took a shower, and unfortunately my shower woke me up instead mm. of getting me ready for bed, so I didn't go to bed till after midnight, laid down, three seconds later my alarm went off, and I have been here ever since. You so you called I think North Oldham versus Evangel Christian last night. I did big time uh, game. Yeah, top, it was fun. Top ten, uh, two top ten teams in Kentucky. Yeah. Now I did tweet you about that, asking about David Levitch's hair. You did, and you initially said you didn't think that he was there. Were you aware that Levitch is the head coach of North Oldham? Oh, that's really embarrassing. <laughs> that's really looking back on that now. I don't know what I was thinking. I I read it as David Paget. That's the way that I saw that conversation oh, going. Oh man, yeah, I've got to reach out to him and Cause, apologize. Cause that's I, embarrassing. I, I saw that you were on the game and then I responded to your tweet and just said how is at DLEV 23's hair looking tonight? Oh, how good man. is he looking? And you said I don't believe that he's here and then David responded and said I was definitely there. It was just okay tonight and then you were like you're selling yourself short or whatever like responding to him. Yeah I was kind of wondering if that was the oh, case that you man. didn't realize that the game you were calling 
the head coach of the winning team was that the one is, that we were talking about. That is one of my – that's an awful look for me. Jeez, OP. <laughs> I do – I mean, I have to reach out to him, right? That's, He's probably listening right now if you want to listen. All right, if you want yeah, to listen to my apologies. I didn't actually click on the Twitter <laughs> – on the on the profile, so I just assumed it was David Padgett. And, yeah, that's on me. Jeez, OP. That's they don't, a, they don't call him the best in the biz for nothing, folks. That's embarrassing. Uh, but it, was, it sounded like uh, North Oldham. By the way, oh, D- they're good. Lev's got a kind of a, like a not even a DL, but like a, a top tier state title contender. It feels yeah. like out there uh, at North Oldham, he's he's building things the right way. Yeah, no, they they were a lot of fun to watch last night. He's got three or four really good pieces that I, I think they could make a nice run for sure. By the way, when I got there last night, it always throws me off when I see him, and I'm like, huh. I forget that their coach is 18 years old. He does. Yeah, He's he, so young looking. He doesn't age either, which is annoying. It's crazy. As much as I hate him, it just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, his brother Jax just got just got married. They're having a baby. I'm like, come on, David, step it up, man. He's <laughs> showing you up a little bit here. But, uh, yeah, they've got – I think they're like number six in the, in the state, number five according to whichever rankings you use. But they're uh, they're the real deal. They yeah. seem like he's got a – definitely has a squad here. We for also sure. have, uh, for the first time in a long time, outside of like – I think you stopped in for one quick comment a couple weeks ago – Former, uh, the, the artist formerly known as Intern Patrick, a.k.a. Um, 680 Patty, uh, Round Patty, uh, the young Patrick Ryan. He's back in the house today, looking good, feeling good, getting ready for uh, second semester of college. Transferring colleges, big news in the Patrick Ryan world. Wow, in the portal? He's in the portal. Well, now he's, he's not in the portal anymore. He's oh. committed. He's committed to, to Western Kentucky now. Signed. Signed. Which, which mic are you going to use? Don't use the one in the corner. Okay, use the, yeah. The, the, oh, I'm good. He's he's not using the one in the corner. It's not working. It's not turned on. Thanks. That mic didn't work yesterday, by the way. McGavick used really? the, the one that is in the corner. All right, try again, Pat. Uh, the other one. The other one. Try that one. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, okay. that, see that, that the that corner's one? working. The That's cor- the really weird. Is. Yeah, that, that was what happened yesterday. We started off on on red, and uh, it, Matt had to quickly move to the other one. That one worked, worked fine. But well, Patrick in in the portal, one year at U of L, one semester at U of L was just enough for him. He said no, and he's making the move to WKU. Um, is this all about a girl, young Patrick? This is about Kenny Payne. It's about <laughs> it's about Kenny Payne. This is what happens. This is what Kenny Payne's done to the program. He's uh, he's taking eighteen year olds and forcing them to leave school after just a semester. That's sad. But uh, he's still on break, enjoying himself, living life. He's he's having a great time. You look great. I have a punch card for the students uh-huh. of Louisville basketball, and you if you get twelve punches, and I've been to like five games and haven't gotten punched a single time. That's not that's not good. Now you're we're calling out everyone at U of L. You're going out guns blazing. Uh, we've got to. That's because they know nobody's going to come to twelve games. Well, I don't. I mean, you don't know that. You you want? We had the, the there was the one guy, your, your buddy, who was the, like the only person in the student section that one. I bet that guy goes to twelve. He probably will get his punch card punched twelve times. Is he? Shout out Zach Polston. We Zach love you, Polston. Zach. See, he deserves. He deserves those 12 punches. He deserves a lot more than that, too. He's he's the best of us. Uh, Scoots, first of all, I heard you after I got the kids from school this afternoon. You and TJ, I think, were on it like at noon. Was, yeah. was 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 that you guys live, or was KRC just replaying like fifteen times? No, it was live. Uh, Spears is down in Alabama with Bellarmine, so just, you know, Gulf Shores, just T- beaching yeah. up. I'm sure T- TJ was filling in today. We'll have he'll fill in again on Friday, but okay. yeah, it's it's just too good of a show to not have on the air. Because I heard you as, because for a second there I was like, I bet they're filling in for for John. Mm-hmm. But then it was like just straight UK talk. So I was like, maybe this is KRC. Yeah, and that was playing it. That was a little annoying to be honest with you. <laughs> well, they, they did just have a game last Cause night. Because because with, with John, it's like we we spread around and talk other things, and and me and TJ did. We eventually got to the NFL, but yeah, just it was very UK heavy, mm-hmm. which I already had two hours of that prior. So it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it, it's. 
They're excited about that basketball team. Yeah. They, you know, they, I don't blame them. They've how, got a, they got a Final Four offense. Not sure they have a Final Four defense. How long is Sean East going to play college basketball? Sean East has been th- to 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 put this in perspective. So I, you know, started we're talking about like full time radio. I started doing the show daily at ninety three nine, then seven ninety, and then a little break, and then over here. So it's been a long time since I've been at ninety three nine with the Ramsey. We were getting calls about Sean East. I remember vi- like on a daily basis at ninety three nine when people were like. <laughs> Forget Romeo Langford, even if you don't get like everyone needs to go get Sean East. Like he's the he's the point guard at New Albany. He's fantastic and all this stuff and loves Louisville and Louisville's showing no interest. And then, you know, when he goes to to UMass and he's back in the portal, everyone's like, You gotta get Sean East. And then he goes to I think Bradley and he's he's back in the portal. You gotta get Sean like Sean East has been a fixture of he my radio to, life since twenty fifteen. He went to JUCO too. He, he went to he, he was he, JUCO. He went player to of JUCO. The year. Well, he was post grad. He did like the extra high school year. That's first. right. That's that's yeah. right. Like he he you know he's Romeo Langford's age. Yeah. The Romeo Langford area era at Indiana feels like it's been gone for seventeen years. I went to a high school basketball game. Romeo Langford's last one ever at Seymour. David Bell hit a game winning shot. Since then, Romeo has like went to college, been in the NBA, been out of the NBA, back in the NBA. David Bell spent three years at Purdue and is in like his second year of the NFL. <laughs> And Sean East is still playing college basketball. Sean East, I, I watched none, admittedly, of the the Kentucky Missouri game last night. I, I saw the score. I follow. I tracked the score a little bit. But looking at Sean East after people were pointing it out, one of the more bizarre three point shooting progressions I've ever seen in college basketball. Because he's a he's a relatively high volume shooter throughout his college career. He's attempted about two and a half threes per game, which is a a, a fairly decent rate. Like like the guys, he's going to hoist it if he's open from three. Thirty-two point one percent in his one year at UMass. Thirty-four point nine percent in his one year at Bradley. Last year, his first year at Missouri, shot twenty-two point one percent from three. This year, and we're about halfway through the season, fifty-three point seven percent from three. This guy's shooting damn near fifty-four percent for fifty-four percent from beyond the arc. It makes no sense, but he is a uh, he's found the shooting touch. However, it's happened shooting fifty-six percent from the field overall. Like the guy is, he's taken a, a massive step forward, and it's part of the reason why Missouri is you know not not great, but still could flirt with the NCAA tournament at some point. Looked good last night. Uh, it was a to, first of all, it was a bad night for your your Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah, I was hoping we wouldn't touch on that. They if may we could ne- just move past that. That'd be great. I'm not sure they're ever going to beat Rutgers again at this point. They will beat them at Assembly Hall. They will never win at Piscataway. The rack. It's a tough place yeah. to play. That's no, it's not the rack anymore. Don't offend. It's, the, it's always the rack. It will be the rack forever. I, I used to love when we were first in the Big East, and everyone's like, the rack is a tough place to play. And then they show the stat, and it's like Rutgers three and twenty-five in their last twenty-eight home games. It's like, is it really that that tough? I can't it's, remember what it's called now. It's just small. It, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's the rack. That's all that matters. We don't call oh, it Jersey Mike's Arena. I, I will <laughs> never call it Jersey Mike's Arena. <laughs> I'll never call whatever Providence's arena is now. I will never call it anything other than the Dunk. It's the Dunk and Donut Center. Why do these corporations put their name on stadiums when they know damn well that the loyalty is to the stadium that the people have always known? Kind of like Cardinal Stadium. People are always going to call it Cardinal Stadium. Like, why would LNN do that? I mean, I get they get the visuals of it, but I feel like Louisville fans have done a pretty good job at transitioning. That, to yeah, it, it's and been actually, it's been better than I anticipated. We actually sure. had this conversation in like a in a sports administration class. And like it's very much like the younger generation is always going to know it as that, and then they'll kind of age it in. Yeah, yeah for That's sure. Very true. S- same thing with Scoots and Steelers. Like that is. Oh, I I'm with Mike on this. I will never call that Acrisure State. It's Hansfield. I mean, that's a that's a mouthful. Is it Acrisure? 
Yeah, it, 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 it's dumb. The yeah. thing is also when you when you have a name like because like, the rack was Rutgers Athletic Center. There was no sponsor there. It was just. Mm-hmm. But when you have all these different sponsors and and sometimes you have names changing every three to five years or whatever, it's a lot easier just to remember the first one that was the bait. Like like, like you said, if, if L and M becomes something else in the next five years, which I don't think uh, based on the deal, I don't think it can be. Let's just say it did. I think that it would become more of a thing where everyone just remembers it as Cardinal Stadium. Like you still have, I feel like the outside fans still call it Papa John's more than anything else. Like they still remember that, and they're just not going to change. But the Jersey Mike's Arena—I <laughs> will never call it the Jersey Mike's. It, it's always going to be the rack to me. It was just—it was a fun nickname. People always called it a tough place to play. But Lord, Indiana cannot win there yeah. at, at all, and it was bad last time. It, it wasn't was. even close. Yeah, fortunately, I had that game and I wasn't able to watch it. I, and and I couldn't record it because it was on Peacock, so that's a good thing. I can't even go back and hurt myself that way. I stayed away from that game last. I had an all time betting night. College oh. again, like college basketball. I don't know why I bet on anything else, but college basketball is where I, I was feeling a little frisky last night. Made a couple of individual bets, then two big uh, parlays. Well, I look forward to your big X bets of the day. Then I know that. I feel like I I need to like just the the one that. The, the first time I did it, when people were like, well, give out the picks then. I took Providence and Bryce Hopkins tore his ACL that <laughs> night. But last night, I um, th- this was one of those where it's like, for the last 10 minutes of this this five-leg parlay, I had two of them. I- I'm like, this is why I don't like gambling. This is so dumb. Why am I even doing this? And at the end, I'm like, this is why people love gambling. This is this is why it's hard to, to, to quit. So last night, I made the pick at the very end of the show. Uh, I said... You know, Houston's undefeated. They're going to Hilton Coliseum, Hilton Magic, Iowa State. They they live for these types of games. They don't lose these games. I'm taking Iowa State straight up. I'm taking the money line. They're, they're going to pull the upset. Wow. It's going to happen. And so I, I bet on that. It won, which was nice. I, and then I thought Kansas State on the road against West Virginia. I was like, ah, I, I like K-State there. So I took those two individuals. I did a big money line bet where I just took five teams that I thought were going to win, including uh, not not those two. I left Iowa State out of that one. I just took some favorites, and then Kansas State threw them in there. I think I had Bama winning money line. I had Kentucky winning money line, and, and like that was that was a nice little hit. And then I, mean, I was like, hey, let's get a little let's get a little frisky. Let's take a bunch of these. Let's take the money line game. Let's take Kansas State minus two. Let's throw in uh, Auburn minus seven and a half. I, I like that they I've kind of made a ton of money off Auburn this year. I think they're better than the the models are giving them credit for. And then a few others. I think it like Creighton, DePaul. Uh, good Lord, DePaul sucks. I don't know how we <laughs> lost that game. And then, and then one of, but basically, it, it all came down to the Auburn game, Auburn Texas A and M, and I've you know, the money line bet. I just need them to win, and I'm going to make money, a solid amount of money for the night. The last one is like you know, this is like we're talking four figures for the, the, the second parlay alone, and I need them to cover seven and a half. And it's one of those deals where you're getting the. The, the, the DraftKings is making the offer, right? They're like the you, know, you can cash, cash out, out for this, yeah. cash out for this, because it's the last leg that I've got left. And Auburn is kind of dancing between up by four, up by six, and I don't take the, I don't take it. And it gets like two minutes left in the game, and they're only up by two. And Texas A&M has the ball, and I'm like, this is this is why I don't game. This is so stupid. Why did I just take the money? I can't believe I'm living and dying for this. And then you're watching the closing minutes. A&M's bricking free throws. Auburn has a dude who had made a shot all night. Hits a three to put them up seven. They make four free throws to end the game. They end up winning by eleven. And you're like, I, I love gambling. This is why people gamble. It made it so much more fun. But it was a nice. It was it was a nice night. I, I'd like to say it's all skill, but when you see the way that some of these games end, you realize like that was not an eleven point game at all. Uh, Auburn did not dominate by any stretch of the imagination, but score indicates otherwise. I have a I'll hard rule when it comes to cash outs, and you can keep this in mind if you want moving forward. If not, it's all good. Um, but I do, if it goes to five times my bet or 80% of what I was going to get anyways, I'll just cash it out. 
It was five times my bet last night for sure. It was not eighty percent of what I was going to get. Yeah, those it, sometimes either one of those can hit. Whatever comes first. I the, think a decent rule is whatever the cash out amount is. Would you ever bet that amount on a game? Because that's essentially what you're doing. Mm. Well, last night I probably broke that rule, but I, <laughs> I, 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 got, I definitely got greedy and I was like, "Yeah, was, I want the whole thing here." But I did have the other bet that I felt I felt confident in Auburn winning the game. I didn't feel confident in them winning it by eight. So I was like, you know, I'm at least going to make money regardless, but Lord, it'd be nice to make all this money. Like, let's just take it. And sure enough, it worked out. The only time that I've ever cashed out, I regretted it. Like, like the, oh. the bet ended up hitting, and I was like, damn. It was, it was one of those parlays, too. And I'm like, I don't feel that confident about the last leg. It's not looking good early. I'm going to go ahead and take this money. And I regretted it. I actually did that earlier this season. Kentucky was my last leg, and I cashed out because they were making me nervous, and they ended up winning. So. Oh, that wasn't the Louisville game. It was not the Louisville game. Nope. <laughs> At no point was I nervous in that game. Yeah. It, it was kind of a wild night in college hoops last night. We're, we're going to keep doing everything we can to avoid actually talking about the fact that Louisville's going to be participating in the sport for the next two and a half months. But you had uh, Purdue going on the road and losing handily to Nebraska. Um, they shot 60% from three. It was uh, Fred Hoiberg kind of research. You don't just walk into Pinnacle Bank Arena and roll to victory, even if you are Purdue. And Purdue's got this weird thing. I think. Last year, they became the first number one team, first team to lose multiple games as the number one team in the country to unranked opponents since like 1983. And now they've already done it again this year, uh, losing to Northwestern and Nebraska. I, I still feel like Purdue is who they are. I, I, they're frauds. They, you think they're, are, are you yeah. totally on Fraud Watch? Oh, I, I, I have been on Fraud Watch for Purdue for years now. Until they prove to me that they can do something in the postseason, I will never believe in Purdue. Well, that's the they thing. Are, they're right there next to Gonzaga. I was going to say, they're major conference Gonzaga in a yep, lot of people's exactly. eyes. Exactly. I think those two, and then you toss in Tennessee, and those are the, the, the trio of teams. And look, at least Gonzaga's made it to a couple of national title games recently. Sure, yeah. But the, you, the other two, everybody's like, cool, they're going to lose in the, in the Sweet 16 or the, or the second round. That's who they are. But I. I think in terms of Purdue's ability to win the Big Ten and be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, this probably doesn't hurt them that much. Nebraska's looking like an NCAA tournament team. Um, you know, these types of you're seeing it already. Major conferences, they're cannibalizing themselves with average home teams beating great teams that are playing on the road. Um, you saw it in Mountain West last night. The three best teams there had had some some trouble playing road games. I think Purdue's going to be fine long-term. I think the big test for them is going to be what they do in the NCAA tournament. And I still, their biggest issue from last year is still very present. And it's the lack of dynamic guard play. And like when Zach Eady has an issue, if you run up against a team that's going to put three guys on him and maybe an officiating crew that's not going to call a ton of fouls, even if he's getting beaten to death, that's the recipe for disaster. Braden Smith's gotten better. Um, you know, Fletcher Lawyer's still there. They just... There's not one guy that when Edie's being, not minimized, but when he's being kept in, in check a, a little bit, there's not one guy that, that can just take the game over himself. And you saw that last year in the Fairleigh Dickinson game. They all just kind of stared at each other, and they were like, do you want to do something? I, I, I'm not making a shot. And, and so I think their biggest issue is still their biggest issue, which is uh, a little bit discouraging. We mentioned Houston losing on the road to Iowa State. I, I don't think any less of Houston losing that game. I thought the the projections that had them winning the Big 12 by – by multiple games were outrageous to begin with. Um, they're still very good. Iowa State's a good team. They're very tough to beat at home. That's the, just the way it is. Missouri, Kentucky talked about it. Uh, Mizzou kind of you know, they kept fighting back. They kept getting close, and then it never really seemed like Kentucky was in any danger of losing that game. Although, I mean, I, I just 
hearing people talk about the game and watching some of the highlights, it, like the fantastic offense. They, they put up a ton of points. I'm not sure if they're good enough defensively to go to a Final Four. I, I shouldn't say that. With the right draw, teams can go to the Final Four. I'm not sure they're good enough defensively to win a national title this year, but could be proven wrong. You just got to hope they get the two seed in Purdue's region. Well, that'd be be a great draw for them. They had a dream draw last year, and they kind of uh, crapped on it, losing to, to K-State the way that they did. Duke went on the road and just absolutely demolished the Pitt team that, according to Kenny Payne, is obviously a pretty good team. Yeah, I, I did love hearing that. When I checked the score for the first time and I saw that it was Duke 62-28, to I couldn't help. I couldn't hear anything other than Kenny Payne's voice in my eyes, in my ears, saying, Obviously, Pitt's a pretty good team. And I'm like, are they? Are we sure about that? And that was on the road, by the way. It was in Pittsburgh. Duke just absolutely demolished them. They ended up winning by 22. Baylor beat BYU in the only matchup of multiple top 25 teams last night. Uh, BYU now 0-2 in the Big 12. Baylor with potential future Louisville head coach, Scott Drew, getting it done at home, 81-72. Auburn, as mentioned, beat Texas A&M by 11. Boise State upset Colorado State in the Mountain West. San Diego State did survive on the road against San Jose State. And then Utah State beat Wyoming. Creighton beat DePaul by a billion points. It was it was, it was ugly. And the only other top 25 game, game last night, Texas won at the near the buzzer uh, against Cincinnati. Max Aismas hit a shot that reminded every Louisville fan of what we saw in uh, in late November. It, uh, it was similar. Messed, it was a very similar shot. He also seemed, looked like he walked before it, but you know, whatever. But they get the job done on the road against Cincinnati. The, the newcomers in the Big 12 not faring that well early on. But it was one of those exciting nights where it was like, hey, fo- college football's over, college basketball's here. And it made me excited about the next couple of months for the sport, and it made me depressed about the next couple of months for my life as as a Louisville fan because we're just not we're just not a part of it, Scoots, and that's uh, yeah, it's depressing. It's it's the way it is. Hey, I, we're already doing better than I thought we would today. I was I told everybody today I was really not excited about spending three hours talking about a coach. <laughs> it's coach it's, coaching search. So we we made it the first twenty five minutes. I haven't even brought it up. So it's gonna I'm happen. Pumped. I mean, I'm pumped. God bless his soul. Matt McGavick comes in yesterday and he's oh, like, he's like, was, I'm, he's like, I'm assuming we're gonna be talking a lot of football today. I'm like, we're going to try. We're we're, we're gonna we'll be talking a lot of football. And then when the text line takes over, I know exactly where that conversation's going His to go. net coach had me rolling. <laughs> yeah, when, when I saw it, <laughs> yeah, we did we do the, uh, the the coach of the day. He's like, I'm going 69. I was like, oh god, it's Michigan. Here we, here we go. <laughs> it's it's Jawan. Uh, this will be a, this will be tough, but yeah, it, it is what it is. the The graphic that's been going around today that I you know just made me it, it makes me more sad than anything is the there's a I don't even what's it called like a scatter plot chart where you've got high major teams that have beaten a top 200 Ken Palm team and you've got every single power conference logo in one bubble that says of course we're high majors and then two teams in the small bubble to the side that says lol no and it's just Louisville and DePaul <laughs> which is depressing enough as is and then it, doubly depressing when you take into account that DePaul has beaten Louisville fairly handily straight up this year uh the second time in three years they've won that game and it's just like yeah we, we know it's bad but when you see those graphics it's like this is it, it's just it, it's all it, it's all so sad uh we do have a game tonight Louisville will play Miami on the road money making chance love it I I checked the betting app earlier and I don't know if it's going to update. I don't know if it's going to change anytime soon because I, I, I they didn't have individual player props yet for this game that we're up. I don't know if that's something that they're going to add as we get closer and closer to tip-off time. Yeah. But I was just looking at 
So, you know, Miami, Nigel Pack, remember him from mm-hmm. the Kansas State transfer who, you know, famously was getting $250,000, I think it was, for two, you know, $250,000, $500,000 total, two hundred fifty for for each year to Didn't go to Miami. did he start at Iowa State, too? Not, did he start at Iowa State? I want to say he started at Iowa State, yeah. Maybe. Because uh, he's out of Indiana. I know in, Indiana was recruiting him. He he is out of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I know that. He went straight to Kansas State. Okay, that's, really? that's what I thought. I think. Yeah, I don't know if you're thinking of Tyrese Hunter, but uh, who? Tyrese Hunter went from who was out of Iowa State, and then went to big guy in the transfer portal. Went to Texas. Mm-hmm. Nigel Pack, yeah, he K State, couple years, put up big numbers. Goes to Miami, was very good last year on a, a Final Four team. Expected to step into a, a larger role this season. He kind of he's, he's basically been kind of the same player this year, but recently he's been shooting the absolute hell out of the ball from the outside. Um, he's like 21 of 36 over Miami's last seven games from three. And he's made – he shot at least 50% from three in all of Miami's, I think, last 10 games. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying there's nobody who refuses to defend the three-point line like Louisville. Like, like you know, Nigel Pack, he's making contested shots. He's hitting 28-footers. Like, he, he's at, like this is going to be a walk in the park for him. If there's any sort of Nigel Pack over-under three-pointers made tonight, whether it's one-and-a-half or two-and-a-half – I'm loading up on the over, and if he's getting like, you know, he's only averaging, I think, 13.8 points per game. If he's getting like a 13.5 over-under point total, I'm loading up on that as well. I, I did not see that on DraftKings when I looked at it earlier. I'm going to look at it again here it'll, soon. It'll, it should pop in the next couple hours if it hasn't already. I'm going to do the exact same thing yeah. with Omir. No, Norshad Omir, yeah. is, he's been their best player so far this year. The guy who came from Mike Pilato University, Arkansas State. Uh, was good last year. He's better this year. He's averaging, I mean, damn near a double-double, 18.1 points and 9.1 rebounds per game. And he's one of the front runners early on for ACC Player of the Year. And we don't have, I mean, we don't have a lot of answers for him inside. <laughs> I think my my only issue with taking Omir is that there are going to be so many open shots available from the outside. Mm-hmm. And Miami is still, even though Omir's been their best player, their their biggest strength of all has been from beyond the arc. They're shooting forty two percent from three as a team. That's number one in the country. Well, they're they, averaging nine and a half made three pointers per game. Uh, they've made at least nine. They've made ten or more in nine of fourteen games this season. Nearly thirty three percent of their scoring comes from beyond the arc. And we're gonna give it to them because we just don't defend the perimeter at all. So I wonder if they, like. Omir may not miss a shot against us. I'm not sure he's going to get enough shots to score like 20 points uh, well, unless it's putbacks. Here's the thing. If they're only shooting 42% from three, that means they're missing 58% of them. And who is going to get a rebound for Louisville over Omir? It's a fine point. It's, he's going to get a lot of putbacks down he there. Is. Um, yeah, if, basically, if there's any sort of over on, on Miami offense, I, I feel like you should probably take the over there. We just we, we, we don't defend. Like This could easily be a game where, because Miami doesn't defend either. Like That's the thing. But when we're talking about, oh, Miami doesn't defend, it's different than Louisville not defending. Miami is 119th in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. That's bad. Like That's not good enough. If that doesn't get better, there's no way they're going to make another deep run in the NCAA tournament. So 115, like, that's terrible. Louisville is 248. That's a different level of terrible. That's that, that you know that's Miac level bad. We're we're talking about you know apples and oranges here when I say Miami's bad and Louisville's bad. It's not the same level of bad. But Miami is not a great team defensively. It would not shock me at all if this were a game where for the first like five six minutes Louisville gets out there and they're scoring and Miami's scoring and you know they kind of let that get in their minds a little bit and Louisville's like we can play this way we can play it right with them. And then reality will set in very quickly. 
when you know if Miami steps it up at all defensively, you know, or or doesn't, we're still going to just start missing shots eventually because we're not a very good team on that side of the ball either. And then Miami will keep scoring at, at a ridiculous rate, and then we'll we'll kind of quit. And I, I can see it being that type of game where it's like, damn, it's it's eighteen seventeen at at the uh, ten minute mark of the first half. Louisville's actually hanging in there. Miami busts out a ten zero run, and then you know they roll to like a ninety two. 70 weight victory like that's it feels like that type of thing. hot as you've been gambling i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the perfect score tonight 92 70 sounds good to me just came to my head i don't even know if it's a, <laughs> maybe i'll change my mind in a, in a couple of hours uh we got plenty to talk about besides that we got a couple of transfer portal notes to get to on the louisville football front uh, a couple of new rankings that are out there to discuss we're going to do all that and take text from you guys on the thornton's text line at 502-414-1450 it's a load of wednesday patrick ryan's here scooter dingus is here mike rutherford's here we're right back on 1450 the big Had the strep throat, it would have nailed. Would have just been right there. Welcome back in January tenth, Wednesday edition of uh, the Mike Rutherford Show here on fourteen fifty The Big X. Have you ever had? This is going to sound. Uh, I don't want this to sound mean, but has there ever been anybody? So uh, I'll get right to my point. Is Alicia Keys for me is somebody that you look at and I'm like, I recognize that she's very, she's beautiful, she's very attractive. I'm just not personally attracted to her. Like, is there a is there a celebrity or a person like that for you all? Where you're like, I get it. Like, I understand why the rest of the world believes this, but just for me, person, just doesn't do it for me personally. Man, Mike, you should have asked this during the break. Gosh, dang it! Because I do, I know I have two or three. I just none are coming to mind right now. Let me think Sorry. on it. Just, why did you scan me? Because the song. I like the song, by the way. It was. It was a. Uh, I have one very obvious one that I'm just I can't think of for some reason. Well, well, I wonder who it is. If it's very obvious, like. I don't feel like it fits the question. No, it because it is. It's someone that's super attractive. Everybody loves her. Just but I do just, it for you. Yeah, she's just. Yeah, I can't do it. Trevor would have rattled off like ten by now. Well, nobody's good enough for Trevor. Is the thing like he's? He, it's just it's. Trevor, he tries to act like he's he's being like. Well, I think that you know. Taylor Swift's very attractive. She's just not as attractive as if you, in everyday life. And then he, he talks more, and he's like, I don't think she's that attractive, period. Like, if Taylor Swift came and asked Trevor Kelsey out, I think he would just say no. I think he's too good for her. I think that's what he's saying. I do like somebody just tweeted at me, said, influenced by uh, uh, card Chronicle, he's enabled my degeneracy. He bet straight up the correct score for tonight's game, $1.00. Uh, Miami ninety two, Louisville seventy. It'll pay. It'll, that will pay three thirty three hundred thirty one dollars on a one dollar bet. Let's if you're interested. It. I also saw scoots that you're trying now to, to save face with David Levitch by. I mean, I have to say something, co- right? Back and like, say, good grief! He's done. He's never gonna. He's never gonna give you a post game interview. That is su- that's oh. it's a bad look for you. It's horrible. It's a tough. It, it's a tough hit to your play by play career. That's what I. I mean, that's what it I happens, get. Though. That's it what happens. I. That's what I get for trying to respond on Twitter during a broadcast. Like, come on, man. Do your job, then answer after. I'm just gonna text and be like, "Hey, man, man, Scoots has been under a lot of pressure recently. That's, it's, he's been doing all, he's been doing tough. morning radio and afternoon that radio and tough. games. Cut him a break." And then David's gonna be like, "Who? 
<laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I did not introduce myself as Scoots last night. <laughs> I, don't so. even, I don't even know what's going on. I, I didn't even know the game was on radio last night, to be quite frank. <laughs> what are they put like? So they're not playing in the LIT. Like, what else is going on right now? There's like a million tournaments. Uh, this one wasn't a tournament. I think it was just, just a, a game, season game. Straight up yeah. game. Mm-hmm. I saw Trinity's play like six games in six days, which is outrageous. But, you know, got to do what you got to do. I know there's something with a lot of teams with the LIT. Like, if you like go play in another tournament instead of it, you have to like pay a fine to get like back into it. If really? you don't wait like two or three years. There was something with, it might have been Evangel. Well, North Oldham technically is not a Louisville school. Yeah. So. Yeah. But there, I think it was Evangel or DeSales that like, Went to play in like the All A or Two A or something instead sense. of playing in the LIT, and then like to get back in the LIT, you have to pay like a couple thousand dollars or something stupid. It's probably Evangel. I got the uh, woman I was thinking of, by the way. Who's that? The, the main one, Rihanna. You don't think Rihanna's attractive? No. I mean, I, I I'm kind of like you. I get it. I get why people like that, but I yeah, for me, no, I'm good. I want to hate on you because I'm like yeah, I think Rihanna's very attractive, but that's the whole kind of point is yeah. that everybody else <laughs> thinks that they're that they're very good looking and just doesn't doesn't do it for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the LIT is going on right now. I used to love the LIT because it was a nice little, it was something to do socially after school came back. Of course, when I was in school, Trinity was just about to get good. They they got good right after I graduated. But it was fun. Like you had games were happening like right after school or sometimes during school when you got out early. It was it was, it was always fun. We never did that well. Uh, my lasting memory of the LIT was my senior year. Um, I've told the story in the podcast, or Danny's told the story in the podcast. Uh, Danny, who I do the podcast with, we find our best player was All State. Uh, my guy Chris McCoy. He had gotten sick right before the LIT, and we were playing Eastern with a junior point guard named Rajon Rondo. And Danny calls me over the, the the mail game with Michael Bush. I remember had gone to overtime before, and like we're at the old um, um, what was it downtown the the Kentucky uh, oh God, uh, the Louisville Gardens, and Danny like calls me over. We're sitting right next to the, the their locker room, and he's like, "I'm guarding Rajon." And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be three possessions into the game. Rayshon dunks three times and they go to zone. And uh, <laughs> Rondo proceeds to score, I think, 38 points in the game on his way to the LIT scoring record for the tournament. And at one point, he, you know, we, our student section was just we, we resorted pretty quickly in that game to just <clears throat> you know cheap shots and heckling and you know, we're getting destroyed. Rondo at one point grabs an alley-oop, dunks with one hand, hangs on the rim, uh, grabs his genitalia and then points at us with his other hand. And gets teed up. We gave him a standing ovation because it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But that was a that was my last, as a student, my last experience with the LIT. It was yeah. a memorable one. There was a kid on Ballard named uh, Keno Hayden. He <laughs> just goes to UK now. He's he's a student, but he was he was pretty good. He was a very good high school player. And at one point, we're chanting Keno sucks right at him. He's like on the left wing, like closest to us. Like we're right behind him. We're like Keno sucks, and he just like cuts back door on this kid and just like. Get catches an oop like two hands like as we're chanting Kino sucks. It's always a humbling moment, but you you're like, oh, cool. What are you gonna do? He's really good. It's it's the way <laughs> that doesn't works. suck. Uh, Eric Crawford wrote something today for WDRB.com, which has generated a, a lot of a, a lot of attention. And look, we had this same discussion last year with Brett Dawson. I don't know if you all remember this when. When Louisville and Cal were the worst power conference teams in college basketball, you know, Dawson, who was still the, the Courage Journal beat writer then, I think you know, Kenny Payne may have just led him to go back to the NBA. I don't know if that's the entire reason, but he's gone now from the CJ. We love Brett. But Brett came on the show. He, he'd written a, a story where he reached out to like myself, some local media people, and a bunch of national writers to say, in this theoretical game between like number 265 Ken Palm Louisville and number 260 Ken Palm Cal, who would win? And it was one of those where he was like, I don't know how to cover this team. When you're, 
when you're into January and the team's got two or three wins and it's obvious that the, it's a unprecedented disaster and you know you can only write the same things about the X's and O's so many times, like you got to get a little bit creative. And people were furious at Brett for writing that. They're like, it's embarrassing. It's how dare you? Like, you know, this is not what you're paid to do. And Crawford today sort of expressed a similar issue where he's like, like I, I don't know how to write about this at some point. It's, it, it's the same thing that we face on the radio every day after games where you're like, you're just saying the same things over and over and over again. The same issues are the same issues game after game. And Kenny Payne saying the same things post game after post game. Like it's just you know you can only have the same rant so many times, and so Crawford was like, I'm just gonna kind of ramble and, and and go to um, a bunch of different points, and he talks about how one one of the main focuses is like Louisville needs to embrace the suck, which is you know, obviously you can get your your your, your Snickers out now and your, your laughs out now, but embracing the suck, and he talks about you know you have, you have to embrace the pain and. It's only going to embrace the pain hasn't got us very far. Uh, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> that's good. You know, he, he quotes Bruce Lee saying, "Do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one." All that good stuff. And basically, the 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 gist of that section of the column is like, if you don't just sit in it right now, the good times, whenever they come back, won't feel as good for you. And I think that there was, yeah, I was reading something that. Uh, Brian over at MGO Blog, who, who's run the Michigan site for years and years and years, he wrote, and he was like, you know, some people checked out of Michigan football at times. It, it's been it's been a struggle. We haven't been the national title contenders that we would like to be it's at various times over '97. And he was like, if if that was you and you're enjoying this right now, you're still flying. Like like you're still flying. But he was like, those of you who really just stuck stuck with it, like like stayed with the program, embraced the suck for lack of a better term you're flying even higher today. And I, I feel like that's kind of the, the point that Crawford's trying to make here is that, you know, it'll feel good for all Louisville fans when we get back to being relevant. But for those of us who have just kind of stuck with it and watched the games and, you know, em- embraced all of this and just said, you know, you we're not we're not checking out. Zach Polston. It's going to feel really good. Zach Polston, shout out to him. It, it's going to feel even better whenever it comes. But he, he talked about what Kenny Payne can do to make this more bearable moving forward from a basketball perspective. And he said, you know, put teeth into the defense. We've, we've been saying that for a long time. Impose discipline on offense. Been saying that for a long time. Use the bench as a motivating tool. We've been saying that since, like, day game two, where it's like the only way to get through to these kids when they have bad body language, bad attitudes, and they're making the same mistakes consistently, at some point you have to use the bench as a motivating tool. Kenny Payne has seemed reluctant to do that for the, the, the last year and a half. Uh, the next point, which goes hand-in-hand, hand, he says clean up the body language. Uh, from now on, win or lose, in insist on express positivity and Crawford he keeps bringing this back to the fact that he went to he sat behind the bench for Bellarmine's recent loss to Austin P and he sat behind the Missouri bench last night for their loss to Kentucky and he's like I've sat behind the Louisville bench a number of times this season and he's like it's just it's different not all losing is equal he's like when you watch Missouri the players are chanting throughout the game. They're going crazy for you know, kills, three consecutive defensive stops, and double kills, six consecutive defensive stops. And Bellarmine, as shorthanded as it is, you know, they're fighting every single bucket, every single defensive stop. The entire bench is up. Like they're going nuts. And he's like, then you go to Louisville, and it's just like, like it's different. And we can see it watching from afar. You can see it if you're in the building. There's no team chemistry there's no camaraderie there's no general sense of like we know what we're supposed to do maybe we just we're, we're just a little bit outgunned in this game and like that stuff has to get 
I'd say it has to get better, but at this point, you've got a what near 50 game sample size, and it's just it, it kind of is what it is. And so Crawford writes this story that, and it, that could have been written last November. It, it could have been written really at any point. It has more of an oomph to it now because you've got more of a sample size and more evidence. But some people have responded to this, and you know they're they're like, "Cool, none of this is is changing anything." Just get rid of this man now. And Crawford responded to some of these guys and was like, I'm tired of, of, of this. This is a quitter mentality. You, you, you can't just walk away, like, you know, whatever. Like, and I don't think that it's – I don't think that it's quitting if you're saying, like, I'm ready for this to be done. I, I think it's saying we've seen the same exact things for – what's the record now? 46 consecutive games. Nothing's gotten better. The messaging hasn't changed. There's no reason to believe that it is going to get better. Why not do something that at least gives us some sort of peace of mind? And it's the, I won't do the exact same rant that I did after, I guess, when people were having the big debate about whether or not Kenny Payne would or should get fired after the Kentucky game, and then he ultimately did not. We came back and we're like, you know, what, what justification is there for, for keeping him? What justification is there not, for not keeping him? And I understand the positives that are out there, the reasons why you keep Kenny Payne for the next two months, because bringing an interim in isn't going to change, likely in all likelihood, the the on court results. It's not going to bring a ton of fans more back, back into games. It's like the Yum Center is not going to sell out if you've got David Paget or or Mark Lieberman or whoever coaching uh, the team this Saturday against NC State. But I do think it's to to me, it's an acknowledgement that Josh Hurd and the brass at UofL, and whoever else is helping call the shots there, at least acknowledge that we are Louisville basketball, and this is, it's not just beneath us. It's not even within shouting distance of where we are or where we're supposed to be and who we've been historically as a program. I would like that acknowledged by somebody at some point in time. Heard kind of tried to do it when he had the conversation with Crawford. If you listen to him, you know, there's very much a tone in his voice, and some of the things that he said stayed outright. Like, you know, this is this is not acceptable. This is not who we are. This is you know, Louisville basketball. We keep hearing some things like that, not from Kenny Payne, but from other people. It'd be nice to actually see something done about it because the longer this goes on, the more of a laughing stock that we become, the tougher it is to shake that stigma whenever we do get back on our feet. And the more pressure I think there is on whoever the next head coach is to not just be somebody who talks the talk or has a, a modicum of success next year, but there's pressure on the next coach to be pretty good right away to start shaking the stink off this because the longer this goes on, the more that you do, I think, run the risk of not getting transfer portal players or not getting traditional recruits just because, like, you know, Louisville, God, like every time that I hear them, it's it, they're a laughing stock. Like they're they're next to DePaul on those graphics that are going around online. Like this is why would I ever come play for them? It just sounds like a terrible, terrible situation. Like you've got to kind of nip this thing in the butt pretty quickly. And getting rid of Kenny Payne in the middle of the season doesn't necessarily fix that, but it is a solid message to everybody who cares about this program that like everything is going to be done to fix this. And so I don't like the, the whole quitter thing. I, I thought it was a little bit of an overstatement when it was tossed around to describe Chris Mack. I mean, Mack, yeah, he was done. We also were done with him. Like we, by the time that that January twenty second date rolled around, almost two years ago, 
a, the vast majority of Louisville fans were ready to move on. They, they were done with Chris Mack. They, they were ready for whatever was next. And Mack, very clearly feeling like he didn't have the support of the university anymore, feeling like, like he'd lost the fan base and lost his own players, was very much like, cool, I'd like to be done as well. So much so that I'm willing to negotiate a buyout. Let's find a situation that works for both of us. L wanted him gone. He wanted to be gone. It was the best thing for all parties concerned for there to be an amicable, at least somewhat amicable, split in the middle of the season. If you want to call that quitting, I mean, I, I just, uh, I'm glad he did it. I, I'm glad that he saved us some money and, and got out when he did if he didn't care about it anymore. I don't think that fans who want Kenny Payne gone right now are quitting either. It's just like, we, we know where this is going. We've seen enough. Like, like it's there are very, very loyal fans. I mean, I consider myself one of them. Like a very, very loyal fan who's just trudging through at this point. Like, it feels like we're just getting these two months over with to see what's next. Like, there's, there's no like tonight's game. There's no general interest in it. We haven't gone to the text line yet. I'm assuming nobody's going to ask like how we handle North Shadow Mirror inside or what do we do to limit Nigel Pack on the on the, the perimeter? Like how do we match? Like nobody cares about that anymore. Everyone knows that this is done. This is over. It's been done and over for several weeks now. You could argue it's been <laughs> done and over for several months now since the end of last season. I think we, we you know we knew where this is going. We know where this is going. And if, you, if you're if you of the belief that we should go ahead and just split right now, I'm totally fine with that. Getting rid of the entire staff, trying to, to wash your hands of all this, saying to the rest of the college basketball world, we get that this is a disaster. We get that this is not who we are, and we're going to show you by doing something drastic. I'm fine with that. It's not going to happen. It doesn't seem like now. But I, I think to act like fan bases that fans that have that mentality are not loyal or, or – quitters uh, I, I disagree with and I agree with Eric on most everything that he says but this one I think that that's I think that's kind of unfair um Louisville is a what 16 and a half point underdog tonight Ken Palm has them losing the game by 17 points I mean if they lose by 12 does that make anybody feel any better about anything if they lose by 35 does it make anybody feel any worse about anything it's just like the, the games are so inconsequential at this point, and I never ever thought. I mean, this is a this is a good Miami team. I don't think they're a great Miami team. The computers hate them, but the computers always kind of hate Miami. I think at the end of the day, they're probably going to be there near the top of the ACC standings again this year because Jim Laranek is a good coach, and they've got some really talented offensive players. In any other year, in any normal year of my life. Being here January 10th, it's, it's gross outside again. It was sleeting earlier today. It's cold as hell. It's only going to get colder in the next uh, week. These are the months that you just, the, the, the weeks, the days, the, the hours that are just so tough to live in a place like Louisville when it comes to dealing with the weather and seasonal depression and all that stuff. And we've always had basketball. And this is, you know, going home to face a, a to watch Louisville go on the road and play a 11 and 3 Miami team that spent a solid chunk of this season ranked in the in the nation's top 25 that ended last year with its first trip to the final four against a familiar face in Jim Laranega a bunch of really talented college players we should be like this should be nervous energy time goosebump time bubbles in the stomach time like we should be like counting down the the, the minutes until we get to go watch this team play and instead there's just no buzz whatsoever about this, and it's—I uh, I know I'm not telling anybody listening anything that they don't already know, but it's just—it's it, depressing as hell. Scoots, be glad that I know Indiana's not having a great year, but be glad that you're not 
you still get excited about the games. There's still yeah. hope there. Oh, I think about you all all the time, and I, <laughs> I, I say to myself, at least I'm not a Louisville fan. I think you're not you're not alone in that. Like, like I think a lot of people out there. I mean, we used to say that about other teams, about other programs. I mean, there was a time where I was saying it about Indiana. You know, if if we lost a game to to Providence in the middle of the like the the 08 Big East season, I was like, well, it could be worse. We you know yep. we, we could be IU right it could now. Always be worse. We could we could be Maryland unless, right now unless you're Louisville. I it's, don't. I, I don't know if there's anybody to look back and say, oh, or if Louisville will be able to say that, you know. The only good thing about this. I don't know this, if there's worse. The, the, the only good thing about and it may wind up being a curse because I, I feel like I'm going to go to this well too much when I become like old man Mike, and I'm already well on my way. But like 20 years from now, when, when my son and his friends are like, you know, they're complaining about anything related to Louisville basketball, I'm like, you kids don't know anything. I feel like I'm going to bring this period of time up all the time yeah. where I'm like, Imagine losing to Arkansas State by 16 points in a game where 3,000 people are there. Like, this is a – it's a period that I never, ever, ever thought I would have to go through, and it still feels surreal to be in the middle of it. And all you can do is make self-deprecating jokes and, and try to, 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 to laugh and you know, move through this sarcastically. Uh, at least it's all I can do. But I do feel like it will make all of us far more appreciative when things go back to normal. But part of my concern is that I think it will. I, I fear that we also will lower our expectations for a longer period of time than we should. Like if next year's coach comes in and takes us to the NCAA tournament, that guy, whoever he is, deserves all the accolades in the world. Like we will, we will treat him like a god, and he will deserve it. Like that's fine. But at some point, three or four years down the line. If we're still just being like six seeds and going to the second round of the NCAA tournament, and that's as good as it gets, like you know, we, we, we're going to have to move back. Like the, the expectations are the expectations. In the late '90s, when Denny Crum was doing that type of thing, it wasn't good enough, and it got to a point where it was like, okay, we've we've got to make a move. This guy's he's still going to the, to the NCAA tournaments. I know he didn't do it in two of his his last three years, but for the most part, Louisville was still making still making tournaments as like a seven seed. They made a couple runs as a six seed in the late '90s, but that wasn't. It, it wasn't good enough, and you had to bring in a coach that could bring this program back to being a perennial national title contender. And eventually, whether that's you know whatever your window is, five years, ten years, whatever, that's where the program has to get back to. And, and part of the, the sad thing about where we are right now is I feel like we're going to accept above average or slightly above average and not greatness for the foreseeable future because of just how stark and how, how dark things have gotten. I mean, that's what happened in Indiana. Still happening. Exactly. We're, okay, we're okay with mediocrity at this or mediocrity at this point and we've been saying for you know years we don't want to become indiana we don't like i don't think that could ever happen here and it's it kind of feels like it's the, these are the first stages of that of that happening 20 years from now you look back and you're like damn we haven't played in a regional final since 2015 uh that's it's been a long time I, I, it's no fun it's no fun at all uh the thornton's text line by the way is 502-414-1450 we'll go to you guys if you've got thoughts hoops uh football otherwise whatever you've got on your mind let us know Reminder, Thornton's has the best deals for you all 2024 long if you've got to make these winter road trips. Fuel up at Thornton's. Use the Refreshing Rewards app. It'll save you money every time you need to pump up. It'll also save you money if you need a tasty treat inside one of this area's 98,262 Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. Text line up next, 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on the Big X.
gold digger. But she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Get down, girl, gon' head, get down. Four o'clock hour here at the Mike Rutherford Show. We got Patrick Ryan here. We got Justin Kalen here. It's all happening here at the uh, Big X Studios. Best news of the day coming up, at least for me personally. You know, the, the, the remember the waxing gibbous moon. I still don't know how to pronounce that, but the waxing wa- gibbous. The yeah. waxing gibbous moon ruined my sports life. There was this whole big post about how the Lions lose on Thanksgiving every time the moon's in a waxing gibbous phase. Oh, and thirteen. And then they end up they lose the Packers when they're sports are so stupid. When they're heavy favorite, they lose the Packers. Two yeah, days right. later, Louisville loses to Kentucky in football. The waxing gibbous moon ruined my entire life. So the same guy who found that out. Jay Kuda. Love that account. Today, he's like, for the weird moon people, the moon was a waxing crescent the last time the Lions won a playoff game. The moon on Sunday, waxing crescent. hey Love waxing crescent. Waxing, <laughs> wax crescent all the time, as much as I can, as much as uh, my body will allow. Waxing crescent moon on Sunday. I'm nervous as hell about this game. That... I'm not even joking when I say it legitimately makes me feel better about the Lions' chances of beating the Rams. No no, no thoughts on the waxing crescent moon scoots or Patrick. I mean, I, I just think that's ridiculous. I, I love There's the, something to it. I love the weird sports stats like that. There are pe- yeah. People are very into the moon. <laughs> it's so funny. There's something. I also feel like uh, my wife and I were talking about this last night. Like, you know, We know so many people that are super into astrology. I just, I, I never, I read the my horoscope when it was but in the, the moon, paper back in the day. Good. You're down with the moon and the lions. I wasn't. The astrology. I wasn't until we lost the Packers and my whole life fell apart. I was like, if this if this happens, because the Packers were terrible at that time, we were rolling at that time, and I was like, if this actually happens, I'm gonna start having to believe in this stuff. Astrology, I don't. I just don't know. I I was always reading the paper, and it was always your horoscope was always something that was. It was like these cold reading those psychics. It's like something that applies to everybody. Where it's like a big decision looms. I'm like, oh, okay. Like you know. It, Everybody thinks that they've got a big decision. Kind of like fortune cookies. Exactly. Like it always, it just applies. You, you never have a, a pointed enough fortune cookie or a pointed enough horse. Like I want the horoscope one day to just call it shot. Like you're going to trip on the way into work today. <laughs> then I'll respect it. Instead, it's like, you know, you've got money situations loom over your head. I'm like, that's everybody. Well, hey. When we went out to San Diego and stayed with Jenna's aunt, the uh, she went, she had like gone to like a reader. I don't know why, but she did. And like, she was like, you work too hard. You've been working. Of course. <laughs> of course. And Marty's like, everybody, like, if she told Patrick he's been working too hard at Dick's, he'd be, yeah. He'd or, be like, yeah, I think I am. Or it's like, you feel like you're giving enough in your relationship, but maybe not getting it. Like, everyone thinks that about the relationship. It doesn't matter how good it is. I've had two. My mom, you know, she works at a preschool. She'd worked there forever. And one, one time at the, her like end of school banquet thing, like one of the things, one of the, the, the teachers hired this this tarot card reader that she was very into and she came to our house and she did all the the women that worked with my mom and I think I was like a senior in high school at this time, and I was at the end of college and they all were like they came out crying they're like she said things about my mom that only she could know and all this stuff <laughs> and they're like you've got to do it you've got to do it I'm like alright whatever I'll do it I'll go in with an open mind and she was like men are hard to read harder to read sometimes I was like here we go Here she's already she's already making excuses for how, she, how wrong she's going to be she said that I was going to, in the ne- within the next year, move in with a, a black girl named Vanessa, <laughs> which I did appreciate the pointed, the pointed call, calling her shot. I was like, that's very direct. Did not happen. 
She said that one of my friends was going to get drunk and, and get in a car and, and die, which I told Whoa. my friend. I told my friends that we were like bowling that night. I'm like, I'm like, please nobody drink and drive for the next year. That didn't happen either. Like everything this woman told me was just completely wrong. Um, so so I, I, you know, I left and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about it. Mary had a work colleague who also did the same thing, and they had like a party where they they did it all together. He was like, "You guys are gonna get pregnant in three months." It didn't happen. Like it, 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 both times I've gone to one of these things, they've been completely off on every single thing that they've said to me. So I just I, don't, I have a hard time buying it. I think they just they they throw out these, you know, generalities, and, and people people fall. They want to hear what they hear what they want to hear. That's the way that it works. Speaking of hearing what you want to hear, 502-414-1450. If you want to hear your thoughts read on the radio, that's the place to do it. Text in your thoughts. We're going to go to the Thornton's text line now and see what's on your all's minds. Here we go. Texter says, I'm making my first sports bet on the game tonight. How are you feeling about the cards covering the 16.5 point spread? I mean, not great. Not great. I, I don't, I, I just don't, I don't bet on Louisville, period, because I don't, the only time that I made exceptions was some of the teams that we played at the beginning of the year were so bad. And there were a couple times where like we would fall behind against uh, was it against like Coppin State and stuff, and I would be like, all right, I'm taking the live line here. I think Louisville can Louisville's going to win this this game. Now, if I'd done Arkansas State, it would have not gone well. But like I can see Louisville finding a way to cover the spread tonight. I can more easily see Louisville finding a way to not cover the spread tonight. But I'm just I would stay away from that bet. They're too. They're too unpredictable. I personally love Miami. Now, exact score ninety two seventy. Ninety two seventy is the is is the score though. So there you go. Then they they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna cover. Texas is not ideal. Kiffin has entered the chat. We've got uh, Tyler Barron tweeting from Oxford, Mississippi today. It's his location that happened at two forty three this afternoon. We're still a player. He tweeted a little checkered flag. He did. He tweeted a checkered flag from Oxford, Mississippi. I mean, we 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 knew it was like us versus Ole Miss and. You know, we we got to Murray McDonald from Ole Miss. Kiffin's out for blood now. I uh, would love to have Tyler Barron. He would make that defense, which is already going to be scary, I think, just that much more scary. Texas says, let's spend all day talking about if Miami covers the 16-point spread. That's from Scoots Hater, by the way. Suck at Scoots Hater. <laughs> I want Scoots Hater to hash it out with Scoots. There's no reason to hate Scoots. He'd like me if we met in person. He would. Y'all should go to lunch. He would. If he buys, I'll, I'm in. Or maybe he can cover Spears tomorrow. Maybe Scoot Sater can come in and cover Spears. <laughs> I am just saying that he texted yesterday. I guess I missed this text because I just sometimes I miss the earlier text from people that send in multiple. And he just said, "Thank God Scoots isn't on the show today. We love Gary and Matt. We hate Scoots." Who the hell's? Oh, Matt McGavick. <laughs> McGavick was here yesterday. Did Gary talk at all? Uh, he talked at the very beginning of the show when I said hi to him. Oh, okay. That and was that it. was it? I, I think Gary liked it. Every now and then Gary will hop in if it's a non-sports topic. Oh, and sure. He, yeah, you bring up movies or music, he's in. Like there was one day when. At the beginning of the show, when Trevor was gone off on one of his excursions, and Gary was here, and it was like a summer show, so we were, we're we're getting a little bit loose and talking about whatever. And Gary revealed that one, his I think brother owns the old Toy Tiger sign, and two, <laughs> he revealed about how like the Ford plant is the reason why we have daylight savings time, <laughs> and like when when all these details, like it was a fascinating. I was like I could listen to Gary talk. First of all, Gary's voice is, is radio yeah, terrific for sure. And second, I was like he's just he's loaded with great information. I thought we were on Eastern time because of the GE plan. Is that what it was? Is that what it's, the GE plan is the reason why we're on Eastern time. Eastern time zone? Yeah, he, he explained the whole thing clearly. It or resonated something. with it's me. something like that. It was a great story. I was like Gary just knows all the stuff. It's great. Texas says, Scoot says, I'm tired because I worked all day and called basketball games after my normal day job. 
Trevor, I'm tired because I watched three movies and two seasons of a show last night. You could not have more polar opposites working the same job at the same station. <laughs> I bet you could. You all do have similarities, but there are, you know, there are also very, very stark contrasts. Trevor is at his house way more than I'm at my house. I mean, that's not way I mean, more. I bet Gil and Nancy would get along. Who? Yeah, was the old show where they would, would do like wife swap? I would, <laughs> I would love, oh. a, I would love a roommate swap where Gil has to live with Trevor. And Nancy, li- I bet Nancy it would just open her eyes. She's like, people actually do stuff like this. <laughs> she would just never want to move out. I would, I would have to have Gil go to Trevor's house, and I'd have to have Nancy come to mine. <laughs> I think, I think that's the way that it's would be, be how it would work. Yeah. I've got so many good, you know, we we could turn this into like Nancy's a, quiet. She'd be a great roommate. We could turn the Big X into a content factory. <laughs> we, we could make all this stuff happen. I, I think the the live feed at, at, at both your all's houses, and then doing like some sort of roommate swap, I think would be fantastic. It'd be we didn't do that this summer. Trevor wouldn't. First of all, Trevor wouldn't want to leave his house, so he wouldn't be the one that would leave. <laughs> and Gil would want to leave Trevor's house after one day. He'd want to be coming back. What if Gil couldn't make it like an hour? <laughs> Forty-five minutes after Gil's like showing up at the door, he's like, I, I, "No, it's not fun. I'm not even a part of your stupid radio station." It's like one of those, uh, like, see how long you can stay in a place, and it's just like you get like three contestants. They'll just have to live in Trevor's house, and like, there's a cash prize. To who stays the longest? Three like listeners of the show. Yeah, that's a like, great idea. Like two and a half days. There's no way anybody lasts longer than. That. Although after a day, you're probably immune to it. So they go just like straight from here to therapy <laughs> immediately. Like I, 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 I can't do this. Texture says, twelve years ago today, we lost by thirty-one at Providence. Today, Facebook Facebook notified me of a post that I made on that day, which read, "Want to lose your faith in humanity?" Cheer for a Rick Patino coach squad. Six stupid sixteen-year-old me didn't realize just how good he had it. I don't, I'm not reading that text. <laughs> it, it was TJ. I mean, I, we all kind of were thinking it. We, did, we just didn't say it. I want to go. I remember I wrote something like really scathing after that game because it is wild to think about. People talk about oh, Louisville fans are so you know they they just such high expectations. They're so they just let Patino and Matt get away with anything. I remember vividly the first. Like full radio show that I did with Mark, talking about the the show that we used to do at 680, we would do it once a week. It was after that Providence game. And the entire, you know, very much a wherever you go, there you are type situation. The entire first show that we did, we took calls and the the entire topic was should we fire Rick Patino? Like like should he be should he be on the way out? Like should there be how much pressure should be on his job? And there was a guy, there were two guys the entire time, like after that Providence game who had tweeted me every single day saying, you either need to give a, like, I, I need to hear you write out a very well-reasoned rationale for keeping Rick Patino, or you need to call for his job, and I'm going to tweet you every single day until you do one of those two things. And he was like, he would always like put like day three, day four, and it got to like day whatever, 86. And when we beat Florida to go to the Final Four, he just responded and just said, Rick Patino is the greatest coach ever, I'm dumb. And like, that was it. Like that, But like, the heat on Rick Patino at that point in time was... I mean, it was scorching. Like people were very, very, very upset. Um, let me see. What, what what did I write about this? Here we go. Providence deals. Louisville humiliating night. Here we go. I said at ten oh four p.m. this night. I debated not saying anything until tomorrow, but I suppose that wouldn't be fair. I know it's impossible to accurately gauge your present emotions in relation to how you felt at a previous moment in time, but I'm not sure I've ever been more embarrassed to be a Louisville basketball fan. Buckle up, young Mike. 
The Western Carolina loss a couple of years ago was atrocious, but it was in December, and UofL was unexpectedly playing without a pair of injured starters. The Notre Dame loss in 09 was technically worse than this Providence defeat, but the Fighting Irish would have beaten anyone on that night, and I also never once remember thinking that those group of Cardinals gave up or didn't care. I can't say the same for what just took place. I have no idea what has happened over the past three weeks, but suddenly these guys don't appear to be having any fun. They don't appear to be particularly enjoying playing with one another, and quite frankly, they don't appear to be very good. Three weeks ago, Rick Patino said he was having more fun coaching than at any other point in his career. One day ago, Patino said that this team was in a hole, but that there was no other team he'd rather fight out of a hole with than this one. Tonight, I saw a team that didn't celebrate after made baskets, that didn't help each other up when one of them hit the floor, and that didn't bother to compete after taking a shot in the jaw in the first half. Let's get this out of the way right now. The talk of firing Patino in January or of him being on the hot seat is absurd. We've all seen what that man's been able to do in February over the past four years. That alone should be more than enough reason to put down the torches and pitchforks. Having said that, I must admit that it doesn't feel like there's a quick fix out there waiting to be found like there has been in years past. I think the reason it's so hard to locate a potential solution right now is that the current problem is equally difficult to ascertain. I, mean, I thought it was, it was shorter, but it, does, it, it goes on. There you go. Uh, I, was, I was very upset, but I did stop short of saying that there should be any heat on Patino for the job. And that wound up being the right route to go because Louisville kind of, you know, they got right a little bit at the end of that January. They had some ups and downs throughout February. They ended on a real rough note with the awful, uh, anemic offensive performances against South Florida and Syracuse. And then, bam, win the Big East tournament, four games in four days, go to the Final Four, and lose to eventual national champion Kentucky. It was, uh, th- that was at one point in time the, 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 the worst thing I'd ever seen was this day, 12 years ago, a a 13 and 3 Louisville team lost to Providence by 31 points and you know what we did the next game we beat DePaul by 20 <laughs> which we can't do anymore uh, then we lost to Marquette and then we won seven straight <sighs> I do want to go back and just shake young Mike when, when I'm upset about things and just be like what what the hell were you mad about what were you doing Texas Patrick is back traitor what is his Super Bowl prediction since Mike doesn't like talking about the NFL I like talking about the NFL. I'd rather talk about the I'll, I'll the NFL for the next hour. What's your Super Bowl prediction, young Patrick Ryan? Uh, the favorites look good, but like my my favorite, like what I want to see is a Browns Lions, like a 2016 worst teams in the NFL making the Super Bowl after like seven years. It'd be wonderful. It'd be great. It's not out of the realm of possibility either. But if I was given like. I think Niners over Ravens is the most likely. I think the Niners kind of kept some play calls in their back pocket. Didn't really go all out to win that Ravens game because they knew they had their one seed. I think if they saw them again, they'd beat them. Way to go on a limb, Patrick. The two one seeds playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I mentioned Browns-Lions first. <laughs> what do you want me to do? You did. That's that- what happened last year. It was both one seeds. Texas says, great, more airtime today for the guy who said we need to hire Chris Beard unprompted, only to say on KRC this morning that UofL won't hire him because of moral reasons, but UofL has no morals. Morally bankrupt Scoots telling on himself in an effort to hate on Louisville, welcome back to the show for some reason, sick burn, son. <laughs> Is that another Scoots hater? We have two Scoots haters. We have a lot of Scoots haters. <laughs> but, but you know what? I'm not here for them, so it's Okay. <laughs> Texas, Mike, did you see where U of L is ranked sixth in that all-time AP poll? This says to me that we should have zero issue hiring a high-caliber coach and turning this dumpster fire around rather quickly. I didn't look at the. I saw that they, what the the AP put together this um, 
all-time AP Top 25, where they, they looked at every single AP ballot that's ever been cast in the history of the poll. And Kentucky, unfortunately, is the all-time number one. They've gotten 17,852 votes in the AP poll historically. North Carolina's right behind them. They've only gotten about 600 fewer votes. Duke is number three. Kansas is number four. UCLA is number five. Louisville is number six. They've gotten uh, a total of 9,493 all-time votes in the AP poll. So, suck it, Scoots. Uh, Louisville, number f- six all-time, sixth best program in the history of college basketball. I think that it's, uh, it's scientific now. It's mathematic. There's no debate. They're the sixth best program all-time. There you go. Suck it, Scoots. Suck it, Scoots. Uh, I'm trying to see. Seventh is, uh, is actually Arizona. Mm-hmm. Indiana is eighth, Syracuse is ninth, Michigan State is tenth, and this is where you know we had the debate. We talked about the athletic story a couple of, of weeks ago that was doing the tiers of all time great programs, and this is where it's so hard to place a program like UConn, which pre Jim Calhoun didn't have a whole lot of history, and even in the last twenty five years when they've been bad, they've been like not tournament good. They've been far off the beaten path. They're seventeenth on this list all time in terms of all-time AP top 25 votes. But they still, you know, they've, they've won more national titles than anybody since 1999. It's hard to keep them out of the top like seven, top eight discussion if you're talking about all-time programs. Um, like I, I think you can make a very valid case for putting them above Louisville at like number six and Louisville or Indiana at number seven. Um, but it's it's kind of interesting. Gonzaga, despite their, you know, being a, a stalwart, a fixture in the top 25 for the last uh, 10 years or so, number 24 all-time on this list. So they're down, you know, they're down there as well. Cincinnati is 15, Georgetown 18, Purdue is 19, Marquette, Virginia, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Gonzaga, NC State round out the top 20. I'm kind of surprised Oklahoma's up there, but yeah, number six. If Trevor was here, that would have taken 10 minutes of him trying to guess where each team was. (laughs) It would have, which I'm fine with. It's fine. It's better than talking Louisville, Miami. Texas, Romeo Langford graduated from New Albany in 2018. He's 23 now, and his teammate is still playing college basketball. Look, we're going to have a 25-year-old quarterback next year. There's no rules anymore. It's fine. It's good. Tyler Shuck will be able to rent a car on the day that he's playing Notre Dame for Louisville next year. And I'm good with it. I'm fine. We need more 25-year-olds, to be quite frank. You have to be 25 to rent a car? You didn't know that? Mm Mm-mm. Yeah. Unless something's changed. Why 25? Ask, ask, uh, you know, Ace Rental Car. Hmm. Seems like a strange number. When you're a quarter of the way to 100, you can rent a car. You know, I guess you have to get four years of drinking and not driving oh, to prove to them that they're call. not going to do it. Yeah. I don't know if that's the rationale, but who knows. Texture says, considering Gunther Steiner is out of Haas F1 now, you think he could get more wins than KP if he took over for the rest of the season? We could at least have some fun post-game conferences. Also, I had no idea that Katie George hosts an F1 podcast on ESPN called Unlapped. She does. Um, I- I'm all for Gunther taking over Louisville basketball. He's wildly entertaining. Make it happen. When we give every coach one week to be an interim, th- does Levich get a week? It, for, it, for me, yeah. I mean, we, have to, we have to wait until after the, the state tournament. But uh, I truthfully thought about that last night when I was calling that game, that I would take him at Louisville over Kenny. Yeah. I mean, like, at, at th- there's nobody he at least shows say. A, he at least shows emotion. Well, and they've gotten – he took over a program at North Oldham that's been, you know, it's still a relatively new school, mm-hmm. hasn't done a whole lot, and he's made them to a you know, one of the best teams in that region every single year. 
been to Sweet 16, now top five team in the state. He's like David. David knows ball. He knows what he's doing. He's. I don't know if he could, you know, get the same type of reaction from college players that he gets from high school players, but I. He can't be worse than it is right now. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, are you ready to do our coaching candidate of the day? Oh, it's got to be Patrick, right? Pa- yeah, Patrick, you get yeah. to pick a. Let's do a number between one and forty-five. This is our coaching candidate of the day. It can't be worse than yesterday. Uh, this is a the the rumor. The rumor mill is is going crazy, and I'm going to tell you the latest coach who has interest in the Louisville job right now. 42. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> you weren't prepared? Well, I'm on the wrong year. <laughs> oh! You know what I've been hearing recently? A name that also got caught up in the FBI scandal that is back in college basketball maybe looking for a step up. You know, Sean Miller was the only other coach who lost his job <laughs> as a result of the, the FBI stuff. Now, that was more about losing than it was the actual FBI stuff. But he went away from Arizona. He's resurfaced at Xavier. Had a great year last year. They're not doing so well this year. They're not looking like an NCAA tournament team. But Sean Miller has let it be known. If Louisville comes calling, he's going to be listening. There it is. He has a brother that lives in Louisville, I heard. Well, he's, he's, I've always he's heard that. Right now. I've always heard no, that. No, they have another one that There's nobody not- knows about. <laughs> Marchie, yeah, Louisville should hire more from Xavier. That's what they said. That yeah, we're, we're going back to the well. If it didn't work the first time, it always works the second time. <laughs> That's what they said. What, what's the likelihood that we actually end up naming the coach that who winds up getting the job here? Because we've got we, we've had five coaches now. We've had. I mean, Sean Miller feels like maybe the only one that's actually been discussed as a legitimate candidate. We've had Sean Miller. We've had Jawan Howard at Michigan. <laughs> that's not going to happen. We've had Grant McCasland. At Texas Tech, who I did see, like, so it was funny. Like, I saw on the message board, somebody sent me a link to, like, Fran McCaffrey. They deleted the link, but, like, they, they started, they're like, Grant McCaslin, Texas Tech, is he a candidate? And I was like, was this after our show? And I was like, oh, it was before. Uh, Fran McCaffrey at uh, Iowa, who is is far too angry to ever leave Iowa. Uh, he was the he was the very first one we ever got. And then um, Mitch Henderson from Princeton is the fifth one. Uh, out of that group, who would you most like to, to have here at Louisville? Go P Diddy. Uh out of that group? Yes. It's probably Sean Miller, right? I'll take Grandma Castle. He's got a good track record. I like what he's doing at Texas Tech right now. Sean Miller is having a he's, he's having a down year. Now, he can't win the big one. Can't win the big one. I'm gonna maybe, go, maybe Bob Huggins. He's on the list. He hasn't been picked yet. I, I'm gonna well, go if we're picking from Ken Palm, he can't be picked. Well and net rankings. We, we, yeah, we you would we, really take Bob Huggins? No. Um No. McCaslin one, Miller two. Henderson three, McCaffrey four, Jawan Howard five. I would take McCaffrey just for the entertainment value. Uh, no. When he stared at that ref last year, oh God, it was the dumbest thing. I've ever seen. <laughs> like, you wouldn't have to worry about like him smiling and, and yucking it up after losses in the handshake line. I'll tell you that much. That's the the one good thing that Fran McCaffrey brings. Uh, winning in the NCAA tournament, he does not bring. That's 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 the issue there. That's the, but those are the latest rumors. Sean Miller very interested in the Louisville job. Take it to the message boards. Everyone's saying it. Everyone's hearing it. Uh, Louisville will find out if they can reciprocate that interest at some point. But for right now, palpable buzz around Sean Miller being interested in the Louisville job. We'll take one last text, and then we'll go to break. Texture says, uh, what happens first? Louisville men's basketball goes back to the tournament, or Trevor retakes the ACT and gets at least a 15. I feel like Trevor, if he retook the ACT, would get a worse score. <laughs> I do. He wouldn't have as much patience. Is it true? Patrick, you would know. You recently... We're in the high school 
realm. I was. Is it true that 12 is the lowest you can get on the ACT? I've never seen anybody get lower than a 12. Somebody told me that 12 is actually the lowest you can do is if you fill out like everything. Some, I think Marty has said that there was people that got lower. Okay. He was a high school principal. Okay. Well, I, I trust Marty. I think. Kind of. Because he said, because <laughs> one time he told me that like they had kids get like eights. So then he had somebody go in and take it and just put C for every answer and see what would happen. You got 12. I think it was like a 13. Trevor got a 14. Which, by the way, the the Trevor Kelsey ACT score versus Louisville men's basketball win total bet is just, it, it's already done. Like, I, I thought that 14 was going to be a good number for it. I was like, this will be a right around. I think, you know, you could make a case for under, you can make a case for over. It certainly feels like the ACT score is going to be, this is a big win for Trevor. Like, this is the, the biggest win he's had in a long time. Like, he's triumphing over Kenny Payne. He may end up beating Kenny Payne in both of his, his, his whole career here. Like, the 14 may be an insurmountable total for KP in years one and two. I'm not sure we're winning six games this year, the rest of this year. I, I Honestly, at this point, I'm probably bet against it. I thought Jeff Brom year one was going to surpass Kenny Payne both years, but he's, those three straight losses. He's hanging on. He's it, it, It's going to be tight. I, I think that we, I think we've got at least two wins in us for the rest of the year. After that Bellarmine game, we didn't celebrate uh, Kenny Payne passing Mike Peggy's in the uh, head coaching Over win, Peggy's, win yeah. totals. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a big day for it us. It was a big day. We, just, it was, we forgot. We're trying to be respectful of Scotty Davenport and company. We're trying to be trying to be good winners. Let's take a break. When we come back, more from you guys on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. That's the number. Hit us up. We'll read your text after the break here on the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. But she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't messing with no broke, broke. Get down, girl. Go ahead. Get down. Get down, girl. Go ahead. Get down. Is this your music today, Scoots? No, this is Trevor's. There, there is a theme, though. So it's not random Trevor Wednesday? No, it is. I told him I didn't want that, so he he made a theme, but you're never going to guess the theme, so I'll tell you the theme, and then we can make a little game oh, out of that it. That sounds about Trevor. How about that? That's classic Trevor. That's so these are all number one songs from my birthday. Your birthday, not, my tre- birthday. not Trevor's. Yeah, correct. When's your birthday? Uh, October 15th. So there's no real answer to right now. I was expecting it to be pretty soon. Uh, but no. Uh, okay. That's, yeah, that's, no, that's, no relevance. That's, just, that's classic Trevor. Oh, is it this week? No, it's October 15th. <laughs> uh, okay. So it's, do you know the year of that song? Um, well, guess all the ones we've done so far. That would be 1995. Ooh, close. Six. P. Diddy? Seven. Nope. No, 90, he's 93. 93, okay. What about Gold Digger? Pat P. Diddy knows, so I'll let you guess, man. Um, that would be let's see, two thousand e- either four or five. Year I was born. Which one are you going with? That was Patrick. <laughs> two thousand five. Yep, correct. Okay, yeah. And then Alicia Keys' "Fallen" was what year? I want to say two thousand two. Close. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. I knew it was one of those two years. I I remember. I literally remember pitching a game the summer after my sophomore year of high school. And like this team from Lexington sang the song while I was pitching, and it drove me crazy. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, but also kind of funny. I was like, I enjoy it. The first one was the easiest, the Macarena. Macarena. I remember I was going into fifth grade. It was like the summer I was in, starting sixth grade. So that would have been, let's see, I'm trying to think, ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah. Yep. I just remember I came back from summer break, and everybody was like, "Do you remember that song? Just took over the world." <laughs> 
It was uh, I was never big into the Macarena. Never liked it. Not a big fan. It's catchy. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, I just thought TJ Brooke left me a little note. I that's, when, that's cute. We just we leave each other's notes here. It's, I love it's, it. It's what we do. Uh, this is about uh, my guy B Sim, bounce back king. Yeah, so many bangers. I agree. It's great. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. The Thornton text line. Uh, we're getting ready for Louisville versus Miami tonight. I'm assuming that the I don't. Uh, Scoot, you would know. We're we're staying here on. 1450, right? We're not going to 970 before the game. Because sometimes they. Uh, not that I know of. And sometimes if we for are, the last hour, we shift to the for the pre pre game. It's, it always ends up being bad. If we are, I have no idea how to do that. So unless it happens on its own, that's not the case. It's it's for the best, honestly, if we just stay here <laughs> at uh, 1450 and But you will have, uh, once we're off the air at 6 o'clock, the, pre, the actual pre show from the professionals will be on 970 WGTK, which is your home for Cardinal Athletics. It's the cards. Tip off tonight against Miami at 7 o'clock in Coral Gables if you want to watch the, the game on TV. ACC Network has you covered tonight. Uh, if you don't want to watch, that's fine, too. We, 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 again, we're all just trying to, to make it through this as best we can. 502-414-1450. you got thoughts on the game or whatever, hit us up today. Text says, uh, D. Mike and the boys. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Piggy not having Louisville in his top 25 coaches poll. Who wins in a street fight, Jeff or Stoopy Boy? I'm assuming that's uh, – Mark Stoops did not have Louisville in his, I guess, final coaches poll. I guess that's what that text says. Uh, Louisville was number 18 in the final coaches poll. So he was he was an outlier if he didn't have the cards in the, in the top 25. But I, honestly, from a rivalry perspective, I kind of like it. I mean, his whole his whole mantra, he, he, you know, he beat into the ground several times. It's like, you know, they, they, they got good players, but they're not SEC caliber. Now – Sort of ironically, they lost to Clemson in their final game of the season. But you know, if you're saying, I don't think teams from the ACC are very good, I don't think Louisville's that good, I think if they were in our conference, they'd be like 7-5, and five. and you beat them on their home field, you kind of earn the right to, to not have them in the top 25. Do I think it's a D-bag move? Yeah, but Mark Stoops is a D-bag. So. Don't, you want your, don't you want your win to be, your best win of the year by far, to be like as valuable as possible? They never get that. Like They, they, they never understand that. It, it's the whole, like, you know, you guys suck. I'm like, well, then, you know, it's wouldn't you want us to be good? Like that's, it's not very good for you. It's it's like when they used to be like your non-conference schedule is awful. I'm like, well, you're on our non-conference schedule. It's kind of a, it's a self-defeating argument. But whatever. Texture says if you, you didn't could, answer who you would think who you think would win in a street fight between Stoops and Brom. Yeah. Oh, Jeff would kill Stoops. Different, I'm, different I'm weight on, class. Yeah. Vastly different weight class. I'm yeah. on Team Stoops. He does have a massive weight advantage. Did you see the Jeff Brom? Gatorade dumped on him post Miami picture. He's yoked. <laughs> Guy's jacked. Stoops, he, he, he takes like five steps to his right. Stoops, didn't, Stoops waddling over there. <laughs> Brom's going to drop him. Brom, Brom would whoop him. Brom would whoop him. Brom would absolutely whoop him. Texas, if you could ask Kenny Payne one question and he had to answer it truthfully, what would you ask? I would ask what your defensive philosophy is. He's he's never. I mean, Whenever he talks about it, he just says things like, we got to fight harder. You know, you know, we we, we want to be the best defensive team in college basketball. I mean, he never goes into any sort of detail about how to defend a high ball screen, how he wants to defend the post consistently. Like, like, I, I want him to lay out exactly what his primary defensive principles are. Like, I know at this point it won't, won't change anything. It doesn't save anything, but I would like to – It's it's been a year and a half, and it's never been discussed. Not once. What year into your tenure do you think it's fair to expect you to make the NCAA tournament? Just see what he says. I mean, I know exactly what he would say. It's the same, same rhetoric. I mean, we were talking truthful answer. Like he has to say, like a year. 
I mean, he'd be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> if he had to say a year, like he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. <laughs> but that's not the okay. Yeah, he'd be like, you're 13. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Get out of my face. Texture says, uh, Zendaya for me, as far as people who I recognize are attractive, but I just personally am not attracted. Zendaya is, is she, the, the, Zendaya. Zendaya. See, it's too young for me. I don't even know. Zendaya. I know who she is. I don't know like wh- how she got famous or where she came from. Disney Channel. It's always Disney Channel. Disney Channel churns them out, let me tell you. But she does music now, right? Yeah. Or act. she's an actress. What's she in? Dune. Euphoria. I think. Oh, Euphoria. Euphoria. I'm, I'm looking her up now. Euphoria, she was in Spider-Man. She was in Spider-Man. Uh, she didn't do the oh, she's in the, she the Greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman, yep. This is the greatest show. I like The Greatest Showman. That's back when I was watching movies, like 2017, 2018. Back when I was watching yeah. movies. Yeah. Now, now I think I've watched one movie in two years. It's pathetic. She skipped the Golden Globes. Why? I don't know. Principal? There's an article why she skipped the Golden Globes. Maybe we'll I figure I should, it out later. Yeah, should look into it. Maybe it'll come on the 5 o'clock email. <laughs> Texas Mike's coming in hot with the Trevor take. No, I recognize that Alicia Keys is, is attractive. I'm just saying everyone has that person. And he says, although Alicia Keys is just downgraded Paula Patton in my book. <laughs> Come on. She had no nominations for what it's worth. Well, that's, then why would she go? That's yeah. why she skipped. Texas, can Scoots hit us with the Transfer Portal song? It's the Transfer. I would like to see Scoots try to do that. I Trevor belted it. I don't know if I. So I had a. I was going to ask you about that. So do you all do that live every time? Yeah. You just he just has the music in the background. Yeah. He just yeah. he has the the well, instrumentals you all, to. Then you all do a you all do a fantastic job of sounding the exact same every. Time. I know he, Trevor. It's the best thing that he does. It, it's great. He, <laughs> it's the best thing that he does. It, it is. People love the song. I mean, we love people love the the DJ Wagner update of the day song. And then obviously that's gone. I guess we could still keep doing it if we, we could were, say how much he scored. <laughs> we could talk about UK uh, more than we do, but uh, I mean, yeah, he, Trevor does a wonderful job. Because sometimes I come in with the uh, "Who we gonna?" and then sometimes I don't. And I mean, he, to... he screams it. He does. I, I don't know if I can do it. It's the transfer It's probably the most exercise he gets on any given week, <laughs> sitting down and screaming that the way that he does. If we land Tyler Barron in the next hour, we'll do it. We'd have to, right? We would have to do it. It'd be on scoots. Texas Emma Stone is mine. See? Emma yeah, is she? I'm, I'm with you on Emma Stone. I think she's attractive. I think she's cool, too. She's the color of paper. Well, I mean... I, it, she's a ghost. Coming from someone who also has gorgeous alabaster skin, I don't. I can't really judge. Uh, I think she's she's a really good actress. She won something big. I saw the clip of her like walk, like being like shoved up to the stage by yeah, they whoever beat, she was sitting next to. They, that, it was her movie, I can't remember what it's called, that beat Barbie for like comedy drama or whatever mm. we're we should not be talking golden globes it becomes no, more we, and more apparent we have no we idea could, yeah. what's going on we don't even know Correct. we don't know any of the shows know. or movies she won a lot for la la land i know that she was on la la land I, I enjoyed la la land that was also back when i was watching movies texas rihanna is one of the most beautiful people that i've ever seen scoots go sit in a corner and don't move until you've learned your lesson for some reason i feel like patrick is going to say someone dumb like Anne hathaway and i will have to come into the studio and fight him i would fight scoots but that would feel like fighting a child yeah oh yeah you would whoop me patrick's younger though like like his is, again like we I, I called zendaya zendaya like I, I don't know half these people that he would even but that was only with. that was like a minute after you described jeff brahm as being yoked so he was yoked yeah but you, you can't I mean, you're you're still hip, some mm, a little bit. No, 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 not that, not very much. <laughs> Nobody says yoked anymore. <laughs> no, no one says yoked anymore. See, maybe told you. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, Patrick, you didn't contribute anybody. Somebody that you think uh, that you know. recognize as attractive, but just does not do it for you. I just saying half the way to piss that person. <laughs> uh, Emma Stone's a good one, but I think Emma Stone like like crazy, stupid love. She's funny and super bad. Like she look, she seems cool. 
She, got, she seems easy A. Fantastic. She's very funny in that. Um, La La Land's good. La La Land is good. I enjoy La La Land. Although I wish they got back together at the end. Way that's to, like ru- the, way to like ruin the point, it. Spoiler though. alert. For, I know it is. I, I know it is. But it still makes me sad. Texas, is Kenny actually using the bench as a reward every <laughs> every time any player has a good stretch, they head to the bench? <laughs> he does the opposite of what we want him to do. It's like when they screw up or don't hustle, that's when we want him to get benched. Instead, it's like, hey, Brendan Huntley-Hatfield, dominating the game for a three-minute stretch. Time for your break. That's a, it does seem to be the opposite, for sure. Texture says, um, this confirms Tyler Barron is committing due to the prominent prominence to Kentucky Motor Speedway and no other reason. That and the balloon glow remains our two biggest weapons, and I did not expect the shout-out. I appreciate it. Is this our guy, Zach? It might be our guy, Zach. It might be our guy, Zach. See, I don't even know who it is. That's a, um, <laughs> he should sign it if it's Zach. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't know who you are, but you're, congrats on the shout-out. Um, <laughs> congrats. <laughs> it might be almost up. Yeah, so he, he could be. <laughs> so he's tweeting from Oxford, but it is a checkered flag. I don't know if they have any great racetracks down there in the, the, the Oxford area. I saw somebody pointing out whenever he posted the uh, he posted on his story it was the picture of Tamara McDonald and uh, Wesley Walker, mm. like, and it said like "till death" at whoever he was tagging in that, and then it had the checkered flag. Uh, oh, I like that. I don't know why he's doing it from Oxford, but come on, Texas. Maybe, maybe he has a VPN. Maybe he's not even there. Maybe. Maybe he's just he's, he's going. He really wants everyone to be talking about where TJ wants me to ask you what makes you think this team will win any more games. Talking about Louisville Louisville? He says they're running out of players, and the ones that are left have quit. They look as bad as they ever have in the KP era. You don't have to say that it's from me, or you can. I don't care. Well, you just it's from TJ. <laughs> cut, cut the text line. I think law of averages, like, like Louisville, I mean, we're saying the same exact thing going into – last year's conference play at this point and they won two games you play enough games like you gotta win a couple it's it's very rare I mean, we've seen it so rarely even with teams that are like just god awful from a talent and you know off the court perspective like it's it takes a special group to go oh and 18 or oh and 20 now in conference play, that BC team did it several years ago. Kevin the Stallings, pit do it? Kevin Stallings had a pit team that did it uh, around that same time. DePaul did it. D- DePaul actually did it the first year they expanded the Big East tournament, which I think was 07, 08, and then won it the, their first game in the conference tournament, which was hilarious. They beat Cincinnati, but it's it just like doesn't happen all that often. I think the fact that the ACC is also so down, DePaul might do it this year. DePaul may do it this year. They're they're really bad, but I would bet against it. Like I think they'll they'll win at least one game. Um, granted, they haven't been competitive against anybody so far, but like the ACC is down as bad as we are. Like Georgia Tech is also down there in like the the one hundred whatever's in, in Ken Palm. Uh, Florida State's playing better now. They had a bad non conference run. Notre Dame is 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 getting better. But they're not very good overall. Their talent, I think, is worse than ours. I feel confident in saying that. Boston College isn't good. Like, these are all teams that, and we get a lot of them. I think we play all of those teams at home. Like uh, the worst teams in the conference, we play them at home. Now, right now, it may be hard to say that because we're going to go through a stretch. Our next five games are against the teams that right now are the, are the five best in the conference. Like we may get absolutely waxed in every game for the next three weeks, and you may be like, "How are they even going to be competitive?" I do think they'll win at least a couple games in the conference. I do. Because do they go through stretches where it seems like they kind of check out? Yeah. But for the most part, the effort isn't – it's there. They just don't know what they're doing. Like, they, So I think they'll play hard enough to to win a couple of games. I don't, I don't think they'll totally check out, but yeah. 
And the whole, like, they have seven scholarship players. They're getting two guys back, and it's not like they were setting the world on fire when those guys were healthy. Like, it's not really – they're not that much of a different team without J.J. Trainer and Dennis Evans. Now, having Trey White back will help, I think. Cora 4 is – all these guys play roles, but they're not drastically altering the chemistry of this team. Texture says, Mac is a terrible coach. There you go. Thank I, you. I mean, he was – he was good before he got here. I don't really think there's much debating that. Took Xavier to being a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Took him to an Elite Eight. He was fine. But I agree, Like by the time that he was, he did not have a great run here. It was disappointing for sure. I do wonder if it would have been different had COVID not happened or had we had the 2020 NCAA tournament. But from what we had, the sample size that we were given, the, the bad outweighed the good for sure. Texture says, how do you think Louisville matches up with Norshad O'Meara and Nigel Pack? Oh, he's just, I told you somebody was going to do this when I was like, nobody's asking this question. <laughs> somebody's going to send that in. Badly. Poorly. Offensively, we can score on those guys. Nigel Pack didn't play any defense. But he may score 27 points or more against us tonight. Like That's the better. That, if you get the Nigel Pack individual game bets on whatever app you use, if it's like one and a half made three-pointers, hammer the over. Because we ain't going to guard him. And he's red hot from the outside. And if his if they have his point total at somewhere around where it's been, like average wise, 13 and a half, over under 13 points in this game, hammer the over. Because he's scoring at a high rate recently. Um, the, Ruga Poplar has been hurt. We don't know if he's going to play tonight. He's been their second leading scorer. He's averaging 16 points per game. He had an ankle injury uh, when they played North Florida at the end of December. He hasn't played in their couple of games since. It's a big reason why they lost to Wake Forest. He's supposed to be coming back tonight, but if he doesn't play, that's all the more reason to believe that uh, that Nigel Pack can have a huge game tonight. And like Skew said, Norset O'Meara, like even if they're taking a bunch of threes, he's probably going to get five, six offensive rebounds and a bunch of easy putbacks off those. So he will have an impact on the game even if the offense doesn't go through him. Texture says, what if a Nebraska-like decline of UofL men's basketball leads to the NBA coming to town? Is it possible? It's an interesting line of thought. A big part of the reason why the NBA has has never come to Louisville or why we haven't had major professional basketball since the ABA left town is, I think, because of just how much the sports community here surrounds, revolves around Louisville men's basketball. And... You know, there's the famous story about Rick Pitino and Tom Jurich helping to not allow a team here. The you know Mayor Dave Armstrong ruined the chances of us getting the Hornets at one point in time. And in all these cases, like U of L was a big talking point for the cons of, of of having an NBA franchise in the city. Let's say that five, ten more years go on, and Louisville men's basketball it gets better, but it never gets back to where it was. We're still not getting more than ten thousand fans at games on any sort of consistent basis. Um, you know, we've only been to a handful of NCAA tournaments, never passed the, the second round or whatever. Maybe that would be a time to bring the NBA here. But it's it's not an easy sell to the NBA people, especially when you've got, I think, uh, a couple of obvious markets that the next time the league expands, they're gonna they're going right to Vegas, they're going right to Seattle. And it's gonna have to be more than two teams expanding at some Moving point. Moving Memphis to the Eastern Conference. Might probably it's probably gonna happen. Texas, outside of the stereotypical Kenny Payne Mafia member, I'm not sure that anybody actually thought Kenny Payne was going to work out after the first several games of last season. He failed every aspect of the offseason, and after the first several games, basically told us what we needed to know. It was, I mean, every 
single stage of the Kenny Payne era has been laced with red flags. And admittedly, I, I was somebody who was vocally against the hire and, and didn't think it was going to work out. I, I, I said, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt when he comes here. I'm going to come in with an open mind and hope for the best. But yeah, I, I probably, because I had significant concerns before he was hired, I, I probably was more willing to look at the the red flags and be like, I this is just kind of confirming my worst fears. And it was especially true once you got... Once you got into the games, and, and we're not just you know we're losing to App State, we're losing to Bellarmine, we're losing to Wright State, we're you know we're we're, we're we're losing to Lipscomb, we're losing to all these teams, but the way that it was talked about, I, I think, was when I was like, I don't know if this is just gonna like, the fact that it was presented as if this is okay and this isn't like like everything that he said went against what we've all seen with our eyes and what we've all seen for however many years we've been basketball fans. It was just. He was trying to tell us that what we're seeing is not what we're actually seeing. And I was like, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that year two is going to be drastically different. And it is just a, a matter of having the wrong players. And they're not listening to anything that I do. And the system's fine. It's just a matter of the pieces that I have to work with. And this year, I think, has confirmed everyone's worst fears, which is it's not just the players. It's uh, it, it's the system. It's the coaching. It's There's no part of it that's good. None. No part of it's good. Texture says the hoops team should get Chris Briggs. Only reason this is a joke is because he's a UK guy. The resume is legit. I don't even know who Chris Briggs is. Is he like George Rogers Clark's coach? Never heard that. Is he a high school coach around here? Georgetown College is, is, is who he's the head coach of. I mean, I I found out who Chris Briggs was five seconds ago. I think he'd have more than five wins this year if he was at Louisville. I, I really and truly do. There you go. Chris Briggs, make him say no. Bring in the back of the Brinks truck for Briggs. Make it happen. Texas, do you think fans would be receptive to a coach with a lower level experience but a phenomenal winning percentage after the elite recruiter coach went so poorly? I mean, we talked about this like late last week about how maybe it was even a couple days ago. When there's a breakup, you want somebody with traits that are the opposite of, of your ex. And so if you tried to sell somebody on a lifelong assistant or a person with NBA ties or like a, a recruiting first coach who's never been a head coach after the Kenny Payne disaster, I, I think it's not going to work. Like It's not going to resonate with anybody. You want somebody who's done this for a long time. Having said that, I think everyone has a limit. Like, like you're not going to take – no disrespect to Chris Briggs, but you're not going to go down to the – was Georgetown NAIA, I think? I think – I think that's, they're either sure. NAI or D three. I'm pretty sure that's right, but I don't think they are NAI. You don't think so? Then they're D three. I don't think so. They're one of the two. Okay, they might be D three. Well, whatever they are, <laughs> they're something. They are NAI. Are they really? They won the yeah. They they've won an NAIA. Chris that's surprising Briggs to me. Won Boom, an, scoots won an NAIA national championship. At I'm Georgia having a bad day. It's okay. You're, you're fine. It's a, it's a lovely campus. They have a great baseball field. Um. You're not gonna go. It's a tough sell to a fan base like Louisville. I mean, we talked about like not you know Scotty Davenport being a tough sell, and Bellman at that point had already made the move to D one, and this is a guy who won a D two national championship and all that stuff. Like, I don't think Louisville fans are going to accept anybody who doesn't have power head head power conference coaching experience. And I mean, like Dusty May is maybe the one exception. Even then, there are gonna be question marks about that. Like, you can't. This ain't uh, you know, Notre Dame hiring high school coaches forty years ago. It's just it's not gonna, 
It's not going to fly anymore. Did y'all know Billy Ray Cyrus went to Georgetown College? I did not know that. How about that? Billy Ray Cyrus went to Georgetown? Yeah. Stephen Curtis Chapman, too, if you're familiar with him. Did he graduate from Georgetown? Looks like it. Yeah. Go Tigers. No, he, he's considered an alumni. you got to graduate to be considered alumni, right? Well, not necessarily. You can give honorary degrees. Mm-hmm. Hey, like, like, if you got super famous, like, if Trevor got super famous from the show, mm-hmm. Western would probably give him an honorary degree just so they can claim it as an alum. That makes sense. Yeah. He attended Georgetown College on a baseball scholarship. Billy Ray Cyrus did? Yeah. He dropped out of Georgetown during his junior year. There you go. Didn't graduate. Mm-hmm. Realized he Very wanted Trevor. To be, realized he <laughs> wanted to become a musician after attending a Neil Diamond concert. Somebody w- was actually talking to me about this. They were talk- Somebody who, who went to Wagner and graduated from Wagner that I know, they were bringing up Trevor, and they were talking about how like, their favorite moment all time of the show was – was me not saying anything, but Trevor talking about like the reunion and, and you know his twenty it was twenty five year reunion coming up or whatever it was and, and all this stuff and then finally him him admitting like he hasn't got an invite and and me having to be like you know you didn't graduate from, from school like like reunions are for the graduating class of whatever year uh, and he was like he's like yeah but I saw the Facebook. Facebook group. And it's pretty much the same thing. He's like, I was howling. I was like, yeah, it's it's the way Trevor's mind works. In his mind, he graduated from, from Wagner. And, that's and Western. And Western. He's, he's an honorary graduate of both schools. Uh, Texas, I want KP to be the coach for the remainder of the season. I don't want to hear any of his apologists say that he wasn't given enough time. Let him go 5-26, and 6-25, and 25, or whatever abysmal record he undoubtedly will achieve. Anyone who defends that is ludicrous and deserves to be mocked. Nine and thirty-seven. Give me a bleeping break. My grandmother could do that. Definitely not much worse. I mean, we, you hear some variation of this a lot. I I think the you know the KP mafia, like the, the the amount of people out there who are like, I think this is going to work, are very very low. I don't like at this point it's just piling on. Like if you fired him tomorrow. I don't think that you would have anybody out there who was like, he just didn't get enough time. He would have turned that season around. You may have some people who were like, if he got a third year, it would have been better. But those people are going to say the exact same thing if you fire him at the end of this season. If he wins eight or nine games, or six or seven or whatever, five. I don't think that that's really that much of a concern at this point. Like For the most part, the people who are most staunchly in defense of him going into the season – have kind of come around or you know, tuck tail and said, hey, look, we're, we're wrong. Like, it's just not going to work. I, I don't think that it, it, everyone sees this for what it is at this point. Uh, Scootator said, I'll buy Gil lunch. Suck it, Scootator. <laughs> Texture says, and this will be the last text for this hour I never believed in any astrology stuff until I worked in a mental health facility. Nights when there were full moons, stuff always went sideways. We'd always get more intakes, and the patients would always act out. My nurse friends apparently would always have wild nights at work when there was a full moon as well. There you go. I feel like I've heard that from other people that have worked in hospitals before. The moon dictates just how crazy we get. Are you believing it, Scoots? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. You're, you're on board. Yeah, just because I've seen people the way they act when it's a full moon. I mean, they, we have that phrase for a reason, right? I guess. I mean, are, are we? How about nowhere? We're just animals. I don't know. Who knows? No way. Yeah, I don't know. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Five o'clock hour is next. Got a couple other stories we want to get to today. A little football notes uh, here and there. Then I'm sure we'll get back to the basketball talk and wrap up by previewing tonight's game against Miami. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 961. Big X. <laughs> 
scores. Oh, bridge. I messed it up. <laughs> Blew it right there. Digging the cord. This was so Trevor's doing the number one song. This is the funniest. I mean, this is the weirdest <laughs> Trevor music. The number one song in a, in a variety of years on Scoots' birthday, which is in October. No relevance <laughs> whatsoever to, to where we are right now. It's vintage Trevor. This it, this is 2006. I, I'd be I'm almost positive. It is 2006. 2006. Very good. Uh, on Scoots' birthday when he was turning 16 years old, 2006. Uh, Sexy Back 17. by Justin Timberlake was the number one song in America. VIP. Um, the Trevor music choices, like one of my first real introductions, to, like who Trevor was, because he would he would do this, and I was like, this is cool. Like you know, we had when at other stations, like producers never did that, where it was like, hey, we're kind of doing stuff with the music that has some sort of theme, maybe some relevance to what you're talking about the show. I'm like, this is good. And the first few was like Trevor. We were talking about a, like a certain game, and Trevor was playing songs from that city. And then like the second week, it was all these songs. He's like, "Have you figured it out yet?" I was like, "No." I was like, "I, I don't know what the theme is." And at the end, he was like, "These are all songs that were on the soundtrack of my NBA highlights VHS tape that I own from 1987." <laughs> I was like, "How in the world could I have?" I was like, "How could I have ever guessed this?" I didn't even know this this highlight tape existed. And then that that's kind of set the tone for all of Trevor's music choices moving forward. It just it's who he is. It's what he does. Very esoteric when it comes to his music choices. My one theme ever. Whenever I was producing, there, yeah, like the one show I filled in for, and I did my own theme was the Billboard Hot 100 Top Five the week I was born. That's good. I mean, I I enjoy it. It's a good choice. But you know, sometimes Trevor would just there's stuff that I just could never ever get, which is fine. But like, let me know ahead of time. He's like letting me guess out there. I'm like, I don't know. This is <laughs> I I was not aware that you even owned this VHS or that it existed. So I don't know the soundtrack. Scooter Dingus, Justin Kalen is in the house. Young Patrick Ryan also in the house today. As we roll on on a Wednesday afternoon. Hope your uh, your work day's over. Hope you're. You know, coping with the gray skies and the ugly weather and the wetness that's out there. It's have you seen the forecast for next week? By the way, gross. Oh my god, gross. There are a couple of days where it's, I think the, the high is fourteen and the low is two, and it's just like my god, give us give us good basketball. Give, give it give us something. If the Lions lose this weekend, I mean, I was always going to be crushed, but just not having anything else to be really excited about is going to just sting even more than usual. And I, I need at least one more week where I can get excited about something and have something to look forward to. Speaking of uh, of Louisvillians having something to get excited about, did you see the lines for the opening of the first Publix in Louisville? Oh, loco. My God. I mean, I my friends who are, who have moved uh, out of town now, they were like, come on, Louisville. This is a this is a tough look for everybody. Like, like it's, it's Publix, for God's sake. It's worth it. I saw two plus hours for a pub sub. Worth it. Pub subs are they're very good. So good. These people are lining up at like seven a.m. for 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 sub sandwiches. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a little much. I, I kind of felt one of my favorite stories from like working jobs. I'm gonna sound like Trevor here, but the summer after my junior year of college, I, I spent the summer in a very small town in Iowa, uh, writing for a newspaper. My brother had a friend who was the the editor there, and they set it up. It was a great experience, like going somewhere where I didn't know anybody, middle of nowhere. It was it was very fun, very very enjoyable three months. But when I, the first day that I got there, and this is a town that like I literally drove through without realizing realizing that I drove through it the first time when I was I was going there. What's it called? Carroll, Iowa, great place. But I get the, the the first day that I got there, they had just opened an Arby's in the town for the first time ever. Ooh. There's like one main highway road that goes through the the, the, the city. 
the Arby's line was like down the highway, like a, for a full mile and a half. And my 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 brother's friend, who was the editor, was talking about how he has this secretary at the newspaper who just goes crazy about the idea of how they have cheese sauce that you could dip the fries in. And he goes, I guarantee we we're going over to, the, to the, the, the the newspaper office. He's like, I guarantee you within the first 15 seconds, she's going to talk about the cheese sauce at Arby's. And like we go there, I meet her, and she's like, say, Doug, got that cheese sauce for the fries yet? And like right away, like these people, they'd never seen an Arby's before. It was like a, a foreign species to them. And I feel like that's how outsiders who have Publix are viewing Louisvillians right now that are lining up for a million lines before to, to just go to Publix. Like people do the same thing with Bucky's all the time. <sighs> Bucky's is a big deal. Uh, we got some, we have some big time breaking news. Whoa, let's hear. This is this is big time, not Louisville related, but this is big time breaking news. Kenny Payne's fired. No, not Shoot. Louisville related. Not Louisville related. And he related. says Kenny Payne fired. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Nick Saban is retiring. What? Six national titles at Alabama, according to uh, Chris Lowe of ESPN. Saban uh, is retiring and just informed his team that he's retiring. Wow. Bill Belichick. Jeez. Jim Harbaugh ended (laughs) ended Nick Saban. Ended it. Wow. See, Pete Carroll was out as Seahawks coach, too. I saw that earlier. Nick's. That's big. I'd hate to be whoever follows him. Josh Hurd, got to make him say no. Got to make him say no. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, the entire, it's a weird time, too. I mean, Alabama, they haven't exactly had trouble adjusting to life in the transfer portal and the, uh, the, the NIL era. It's, I don't know if it's expanded playoff. It's just, it seems like strange timing. You would think that somebody especially like, Someone who's as competitive as Nick Saban is would want to go out on top, right? It doesn't seem like such a, a crazy thought that Alabama could win the national title next year or the next two years. It just seems like he would wait it out, but I don't know. I mean, it's kind of crazy news. He's sort of he's not going out on top, but he's going out pretty damn near close to the top. That's a that's a wild thing. I mean, I don't even I haven't even paid it any mind. I haven't thought about it. With all these jobs, I think everyone always has a list of who. Who's next in line? We were talking about, you know, Scott Drew being a candidate for the Louisville job, but also the buzz that's out there in college basketball circles that he could be next up at Kentucky whenever John Calipari calls it a career. I'm sure that somebody has a list, but I've never even heard about who people think that Kiffin would take over at Alabama for for say. I mean, Kiffin would make sense, but like he's never won at that high of a level, and he's had jobs where. They expect him to be. I mean, Tennessee kind of flopped. USC kind of flopped. He's doing well at Ole Miss now, but is that really a lone justification to give him the biggest job in all of college football? That's wild. Because you won't, you won't get Kirby. You might try, but you're not going to get him. I can't imagine you can. You got to try, though, don't you? Yeah. I. He's first call, right? I mean... What better way to get – because Georgia kind of feels like they're the new – I was going to say they're the new superpower in the SEC, but they just lost Alabama in the national t- in the SEC title game. But they've won the most recent national championship in the conference. It does seem like they're number one in pretty much everybody's early top 25s. If you want to shift the balance of power back considerably in your favor, you go and take their head coach back. Uh, that's crazy. He went to Georgia, played at Georgia, though. You can't get him. But it's got to be your call. Man. I don't know. 
that's gonna. I'm sure we'll have odds out pretty soon. Uh, odds to be the next Alabama head coach, but uh, Nick Saban, according to sources at ESPN, Chris Lowe uh, of ESPN saying Saban not only retiring, but he has actually informed his team that he's walking away from the sport. That's a wild day. Tough. I mean, tough news for Nate Oates. He's got to carry the, the the flag for the program now. But that's uh, certainly news that changes the entire offseason landscape of college football and will be one of the dominating storylines going into this uh, this new era. I mean, how Saban is what? Like 65? He's not that old. He's oh, 72. Ew, take it back. <laughs> he looks great for 72. I'll say that. Saban looks great. I mean, he and Pete Carroll both. Guys who look uh, who look who look really good for their age. Uh, cuz Pete Carroll's 72 as well. Saban does he have going on whatever whatever Patino has going on with his hair now? Is that what Saban's got going on? What do you mean? Like sun in or something like it's like a brownish, but like you can tell it should be gray. It's, it, neither one or it's not their natural color. Yeah. It's it's it, look. It's, I, when people talk about Patino, like does he does he do something to his hair? Like have you do you not know like <laughs> 73, 74, 75 year olds like that's not a natural hair color. It's, it's the same thing when people talk about Shashevsky. Like I think he dyes his hair black. It's like no bleep he dyes his hair black. Nobody has jet black hair at eighty years old. It's not the way that our our bodies work. But Saban does look good. For I, I would not have guessed that he was 72. Good for him. I just, I mean, a guy like Nick Saban, I can't see spending the last 15, 20 years of his life just doing nothing, just just kicking back, enjoying the Florida life, enjoying you know life on some island or, or whatever. Maybe he has that in him, but he just he's always struck me as one of those psychos that just doesn't know how to do anything besides coach football. But this is also the thing that, like, it was on like the mess. You'd see the message board every year, like a Georgia message board or like Ole Miss message board. It'd be like, "Hearing Saban has a deal already with ESPN for after this year, he's going to retire." And maybe that, maybe. And he, then now they finally get to do their victory lap. Maybe he will be. I mean, we comfortable doing something like that. We 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 talked about the story with Jay Wright yesterday, where you know Wright admitted that he wasn't sure if he was going to miss coaching when he retired two years ago. He felt like it was the right time, but he was like, "Maybe you know, maybe I will look back and regret this." And he talked about how he hasn't missed it at all, and a big part of that is the studio work that he's done covering college basketball. Talking about how he's he's never gotten to enjoy the NCAA tournament, and, and you know, covering it as a as an analyst has been really enjoyable for him. Maybe Saban will be the same way, where it's like you can't be apart from the game completely. And I think that was always the deal. With there've been a thousand things written about Rick Pitino's time off. Now, most recently, there was that that lengthy story. I think it was on ESPN.com about you know that that first six eight months when he was out of a job and just trying to be like a normal retired guy and you know going on his boat and you know going to the horse track and and doing all those things and how miserable he was I think part of that was he you know he, he couldn't get a job with ESPN like nobody wanted to touch him they, they, nobody was going to give him an analyst job at that point in time he was persona non grata like I think if he'd been able to be involved in basketball in some way shape or form he would have been okay but he is I mean I think now he's a guy who's going to coach till he drops. Like, like he's a lifer. I kind of felt the same way about Saban, but maybe he won't be. That's uh, wild news. Um, they also had. I mean, their defensive coordinator retired uh, a couple of days ago too. Kevin Steele was was done. So vast changes are going to happen in Alabama. Scoots is this the? Does Kentucky now emerge as a team that can beat Alabama because of this news? Is that what KRC is going to talk about heard, tomorrow? Maybe so. I heard they're going after Vince Morrow. They, Vince, 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 Coming soon to a KSR uh, blog near you, Vince Marrow. Maybe not the top candidate. He's on their list. But he's definitely on the list. He's definitely on the list. Um, 
Anyways, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. And much less exciting news, Louisville will play Miami tonight in college basketball. Still no player props, by the way. No player props still. Uh, I checked like the like the player prop apps, like prize picks, and they also don't have that game yet. That's that's disappointing. That's that's What are you going to do? Uh, if it's this close to tip-off and they haven't done it, I'm going to guess that that's probably not going to be something that's that's available. But the cards, at last check, it's still 16.5-point spread. Is what it was, it's what yeah. it's been for most of the day. Yeah. Miami, 16.5-point favorite. That's a I large— just literally just bet it. You bet on Miami? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no question. Um, yeah. Steve Sarkeesian. Sark could do it. Well, he's— Dabo. Know. Oh, God. Give me Dabo. <laughs> Give me Dabo going, please. That'd, that'd be fantastic. I think Lane Kiffin could be a, could be, could be a decent shot for is, that. Is Dabo Catholic or Christian? Uh, I believe he's just Christian. Oh, okay. I, mean, I think he's like Southern Methodist, right? I was going to say, if he's, if he's Catholic, he'd fit right in here. Great Catholic community. It is a great Catholic community. Um, I mean, Dabo uses – whatever churches are funneling money to recruits. That's uh, that's, that's Dabo's big religion. <laughs> he enjoys that. Um, God, you know, God's NIL. He's, 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 he's Christian, but I don't think he's Catholic. In fact, I, I know he's not Catholic. 502-414-1450, if you've got questions on the Thornton's text line, hit us up. Texas says Scoots would take David Levich over KP when he didn't even know David was coaching the game while he's calling last night. I knew he was. You're coaching. not going to live this down. I knew he was coaching the game. I just misread the tweet. That's it's on me. I, I feel awful enough about it as is. Let's not pile on. You ruined your career last night. <laughs> Levich was like, I was there. Like, yeah, no. It was such like a. a like, I, I went when he, back. When he sent that back. I was like, I don't even know if Scoots realized what's happening here. I went back and I read him, and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. It was a bad. It was it was Terrible. it was bad luck. It was a. It, it's okay though. I don't think he cares. I don't think he's he's not losing sleep over it. Scoots ESPN is not going to come after you, yeah, you after gotta, with with Saban. You're not going to be a package uh, well, with Saban anymore. That's good because I have always said I don't want to work for ESPN. So oh, yeah. stand. This is very much like the Trevor. I I, I wouldn't date Taylor Swift or Beyonce. <laughs> This is this is your moment. I don't know. I've I've always said that ever since I started studying broadcasting in school. I just I I've never had a desire to work for ESPN. Well, it's kind of limited options if you're talking about calling, like especially college games. ESPN does broadcast. I think like ninety percent of yeah, college. Games. But I mean, I wouldn't so what, work. I wouldn't want to work for ESPN. I'd want to work for like a Learfield or. A, what's your dream job? Is it is so radio broadcast? Yeah, Big X. No, I mean. Yeah, that's the answer, <laughs> Patrick. No, um, realistically, maybe like a small college uh, where there's no pressure, a, a, a school that maybe has football, basketball, baseball broadcast. I think doing that year round will be a lot of fun. Okay, you could be like one of those, uh, like a not not too small, like a Holy Cross, for example, like a, a school like that. Okay, just where there's no, they're never going to win a championship or anything, but it's going to be fun, easy. Okay. I would not want to go. I would not want the Indiana job, just because it's similar to Saban. I I hate whoever's got to take over after Don Fisher. That's going to be a rough rough go of it. For what job? For th- whoever has to take over for Don Fisher. Oh, Indiana's play Indiana. by play guy. Uh, I mean, it's kind of the same way at Louisville. Like yeah. some of those things, and, and like you have to know. It, it's like what Sean Moth has talked about on the radio show when he's been on taking over for John Tong. Like you could be the best you could possibly be at that job, and just because it's different. You're not going to win with a large segment of the fan base. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just you know, I mean, I've never heard anybody call games besides Paul Rogers since I've been alive listening to Louisville Athletics. And then the, the, you know, uh, you know, Jody's filled in here and there, Nick Kern's filled in here and there. But still, when I turn on the radio, like I expect to hear Paul Rogers calling Louisville football and, and men's basketball. 
And when it, that becomes something that's not the case, it's going to be a gigantic adjustment for everybody. Well, and that happens at the lower levels, too. I mean, if you don't know, Charlie Jenkins did play-by-play for Big X for years and years and years. I still show up to games during football season, and people look at me, you're not Charlie Jenkins. Yeah, no, I'm not Charlie <laughs> Jenkins. Like, I never will be, okay? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I mean, Reds fans recently having to 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 adjust to life without Marty Brenneman mm-hmm. on the radio, and mm-hmm. that's been. I mean, Tommy Thrall, I think, is doing a good job, but for the first like several games I listened to, I'm like, this guy sucks. <laughs> Get him out of here. John Sadek on the TV is kind of the same thing, and now he's now doing college basketball games. Uh, Texture says, IndyCar greater than sign F1. I disagree. IndyCar better than F1. I'm yeah. an F1 guy. Yeah, same. I'm an F1 guy. Texas, I feel like no one is talking about Kelvin Sampson if Scott Drew says no. He's my next choice. Dude is as proven as they come. I don't know if this is a if this person's doing this intentionally, but yesterday I I you know, someone sent a similar text and I said every single day at about like five fifteen, someone is like, Why is nobody talking about Kelvin Sampson? We we get like one text a day from somebody talking about Kelvin Sampson who's like, Why is nobody talking about Kelvin Sampson? We're talking about Kelvin Sampson. Uh, we, we would love to have him. I don't think he's a realistic candidate for the job because I don't think he would leave Houston. That's why we're not talking about him. But if he would, if somehow it got out there, a little bit of a scoop that like Kelvin Sampson's interested, yeah, Louisville would be dumb not to go after him and not to get him. Texas says, Mike, how many radio shows and podcasts have you had over the years? You saying palpable buzz made me think about it. That was our old college basketball podcast. You can include the ongoing Masterpiece show. A lot. I mean – when you've been doing this for, God, I mean, since I was in college, 16, 17 years now, it's, that's like a million years in internet years. I've got a little reference for you. I, I did some- What was the Masterpiece shows called? Uh, the Truth, the realest sports show on the planet with P and Mike. Show, not shows. What? Show, right? Just one? Just, just, just one. Did y'all just have it's the one? coming back anytime soon. Sometime soon. It's going to happen. Well, I, yeah, I did some stats for TJ and Nick, but I can't find them. I, I think saw, we did like 291 shows last year. Well, they were talking just like not like, like different type, different shows oh, exactly okay. that I've been on. I, I mean, I, I did, I mean, just radio alone. I did like the two man game with with Mark uh, over at 680. I did, and then two different iterations of, of Ramsey and Rutherford. Then I've done this radio show. So that's I mean, that's technically four right there, I guess. Um, I did do a national college basketball podcast called Palpable Buzz. We did one episode of a podcast that was same. Me and Ricky O'Donnell both did this. We did one podcast called DePaul Lost. And then the people at SB Nation were like, you can't just, <laughs> you have to kind of run this through us. And we also got called out by the DePaul SID because Ricky was going to cover a game that weekend at DePaul. And he was like, cool podcast name. And it was, he was like, well, I'm in trouble here. <laughs> so that was, uh, that, we did two different ones there. Um, I've done the, 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 CC podcast with Danny. Um, I think that's about it. It's, uh, yeah, we've, um, it's a lot. What's it's, a realist spelled wrong? On realist the- was spelled wrong. They claimed it was intentional. I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to correct Masterpiece grammar here, but I, I, I did bring it up at the meeting where I'm like, I think that, and they're like, no, we, he means it the way that it's, it's spelled. And I was like, okay, that's, that's all I'm going to say. I'm, I, will, I will stop talking. That's fine. Um, but yeah. I guess the like if you're being a realist, like the realist sports show, yeah, like every like the people on the show are realists. It's deep, it's deep for sure. But why wouldn't it just be the realist? I don't know. With an E, it was an I. Ooh. It was with an I. Gross. Yeah, it was an I. I still got the gear. I, I, I got the shirt and the hat. I need the shirt. <laughs> we can make it. I need the hat. 
<laughs> Texas says, if you had to predict how much the next coach's salary is, what would you guess? I think we were paying Rick $7 million. Kenny is making a little bit above $3 million. And I think Jeff Brom makes about six million. I think Jeff makes about five. I was gonna say I don't think he makes six. He made six at Purdue and he took a pay cut. Kenny's making three million dollars a year to win five games. That's incredible. Good for him. It's I think I don't know who's gonna make more per win between him and Mark Stoops. Yeah. Um I, I think that when it comes to paying like it it depends on who it is. Like we gave Kenny Payne less than we would have had to have given a guy like Eric Musselman or somebody else who's more of a proven commodity. Um, so I, I think it kind of depends on who the hire is. But if it's a let, – let's say it's somebody that's from the group that we kind of routinely mention. It's, it's somebody from that – not Scott Drew, not your dream candidate, but like a you – know, I threw Musselman's name out there. Like Nate Oates, Dusty May, Jerome Tang, um, somebody like that. Porter Moser. Porter Moser. Say he just kills it at Oklahoma – makes himself a, a candidate for the Louisville job, which is possible. I mean, I feel like four and a half to five. It's, I mean, if you want to attract, I know, I know it seems like a, a lofty sum of money, especially considering we're going to have to give Kenny Payne another eight mil. It sticks if you wait till March 31st. I feel like you have to do that if you're going to get, like Musselman is getting five at Arkansas. I think just maybe just shy of five. And the word two years ago was like, if you want, like, Musselman will listen to a place like Louisville. He, he would love to have the job. He, he loves the attention. But you're going to have to pay him a million dollars more per year. And that's just base salary. So, like, like, these guys, a lot of them are making decent money. Dusty May is kind of the, the outlier because he's at, at Florida Atlantic. But you're probably going to have to give all of them a decent raise if they're going to come to Louisville. As attractive as it is for their own personal careers, they're still going to want a monetary bump. So, I'm going to say a four and a half five. Texas says, Tinkle for Dan Sprinkle. <laughs> they looked good last night. Dusted Wyoming. I'm coming around on the Danny Sprinkle bandwagon. I, I, w- I wouldn't hate Dan Sprinkle at Utah State. I wouldn't hate to tinkle for Sprinkle. They're good. They're 15-1. Nation's longest active win streak right now. 14 games. I'll never not know him again. You, yeah, you, you didn't even know who he was. Now, they haven't beaten anybody really good besides Colorado State, but they still, 14 straight wins is 14 straight wins. He knows what he's doing. Texas Stoops is just a bully, one hit, and he'll be on his ass. That's kind of my thought, too. <laughs> Texter says, talking about the uh, the old people that you recognize as attractive, but you don't think that they're personally, you're not personally attracted to them. Penelope Cruz. Meh. Meh. I think Penelope Cruz is very attractive. Same. Yeah. That's, yeah. Texter says, it is Zach who texted in, and I meant Proximity, who got the shout out. He was talking about the, uh, the Tyler Barron committing due to the proximity of Kentucky Motor Speedway and no other reasons, because he's posting checkered flags on Twitter. Has to have to do with Kentucky Motor Speedway. I like the way that he's thinking. Maybe he's going to U Indy in the Indy 500. Maybe. Maybe he's going to play D2 football. Well, I mean, we're closer to, to Indianapolis than Ole Miss is. That's a good point. I feel good about this. I think this is a solid development on the Tyler Barron front. Uh, Texas, I like Alicia Keys' music, but literally nobody outside of you considers her to be a sex symbol or among the most attractive female celebrities. I think people consider her to be very attractive. Yeah, I think so too. Texas, instead of previewing the, the Miami game, you should break down the Cat Williams interview for the next three hours. I would like to do that. I, they, granted, I didn't listen to the entire thing. I just saw the snippets that everybody saw on Twitter. But I liked his uh, – I mean, he was in attack mode. What did he get interviewed about? He kind of went after all these uh, – he accused like all these other comedians of 
of stealing stuff. He went after Cedric the Entertainer. He went after, um, um, I think he talked about Dave Chappelle a little bit. He, uh, who was the, who was the, Steve Harvey. He went after Steve Harvey. Uh, stealing jokes, all the stuff. Yeah, he was, he, he was, uh, he was taking no prisoners for sure. It was a very scathing interview, but he did so pretty effectively. Uh, last text and we'll go to break. Texas, I'm going to need those in-game UFL the U bets again, Mike. Well, we're not, I mean, we, they're not putting them up. They're not out there. He also says Louisville. You can bet the exact score, though. You can. You can bet the exact score, 9270. This is Louisville basketball's palm reading says, crossroads lie ahead for our spiritual children. See, if, if, you, if you had a, a, a palm reading like that or some sort of psychic reading like that, I'd be, I'd be all for it. The one psychic story that I – because my parents swore by, like, you know, my mom I, – I I, I, I'm going to butcher the story here. But I think it was my mom who had, like, a, a psychic in Indiana that she truly believed in. And or, so, or maybe it was one of my dad's friends. But my, anyway, my dad – no, it wasn't my mom because because they weren't even together yet. My dad had a friend who was like, you have to go see the psychic. Like, she's, she's spot on everything in my life. And so my dad went to her finally and was like, okay, whatever. And at this point, he was married with my two brothers. And the psychic uh, telling him some stuff was like, you're going to have two more kids. And he was like, no. He's like, he's like we're, we're done having kids. And he's like, it'll be a different woman, a blonde-haired woman. And he was like – no, like that's not going to happen. Lo and behold, he he gets remarried, marries my mom, who is a blonde, has two more kids. So he was like, he's like that's the the one psychic thing that I buy into. Hmm. My experience was different; they were totally wrong. But maybe there are good psychics, real psychics out there. I'd love to experience it. We can do that in the summer. We'll make it a show. Uh, we'll come back here. We'll take some more texts. We'll uh, one football note that I do want to get to, and then I promise we'll give our predictions for the Miami game at the end of the show. Get ready for that. Get geared up for that. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Game day edition here on 1450 Diddy came in to tell me he was heading out, and yeah. I turned off your mic instead of his. Patrick is gone. Uh, intern Patrick Ryan. I, he's back to being an intern for us now. He's not doing anything, but he's uh, he's no longer, I guess, doing stuff at 680. And now he's going to Bowling Green. He's going to be uh, WKU, Patrick Ryan. Topper, Patrick Ryan. Man, on for better things. Oh, maybe. We'll see. Uh, final segment of the day here on 1450-961, the Big X. Justin Kalen, a.k.a. Scooter Dingus, is in the house today after his just horrible horrible faux pas with david levich making mortal enemies out of david levich last night it's okay he'll be forgiven eventually uh but we are on the air for the next uh, it's gonna be so awkward when i have to apologize to him in person he doesn't care he probably didn't even know what happened it's fine we got about 20 minutes left if you want to have your thoughts heard on the thornton sex line text us at 502-414-1450 a big news that broke right at the top of the hour is nick saban 
Putting an end to one of the greatest runs in college football history, informing his team today, according to Chris Lowe of ESPN, that he is retiring. Six national titles at Alabama, one national title at LSU. I mean, kind of a a wild day overall. You've got Saban walking away from the sport. Pete Carroll getting let go at Seattle. I guess they're keeping him with the the franchise, but replacing him as the head coach. At one point in time, I mean, those guys were the, the 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 biggest names in college football coaching. Saban's been the biggest name in college football head coaching for the last what 10, 15 years, and the domino effect that's going to start now is going to be a gigantic one because whoever lands this job at Alabama, you would assume is somebody who's already in a pretty high profile position. That's going to open up another pretty high profile opening, and you know the dominoes are going to fall. It's going to be a a, a wild. Wild off season. I've not seen the. Um, I'm trying to see the the. Haven't seen new betting odds for who's going to replace Saban at, at Alabama, but I did see like surely the, those wouldn't come out this quick, right? Well, usually they have this stuff like this ready. Like you know, it, it's like when you have an obituary written for somebody who's very famous. Like you, you know, you, you're ready to go just in case this happens. But I saw that there were. I guess there were odds last week for who, which if you bet this. Congratulations to you. But there were odds uh, last week, five days ago, as to who 2024 Alabama's head coach was going to be. Saban was obviously the overwhelming favorite. But the second choice, and a pretty overwhelming second choice, is uh, is Dan Lanning. So I think he was getting like an 11% chance. The head coach at Oregon, by the way. Uh, the odds overall were he was plus 800, given an 11.1% chance of getting that job. I mean, kind of would be kind of a wild deal if Lanning gets the Alabama job and then potentially, I don't know if they would want to keep things in-house, but that could mean our guy Will Stein, promoted from offensive coordinator to head coach at Oregon. That would be kind of cool. Uh, the other names on this list, the second choice is Bill O'Brien, given a 5.3% chance. Dabo Sweeney, given a 3.9% chance. And then Mike Norvell, another ACC coach, given a 3.9% chance. So Deion Sanders, given a 1% chance, by the way, if, of being the Alabama head coach. If Oregon wasn't going to the Big Ten and the Pac-12 was still intact, do you think Lanning would leave Oregon? Because I think Oregon's just as good as job as Alabama is. I don't know. But I think he would want to. I think he would want to leave just to go to Alabama, just due to the, all the travel they're going to have to go through. It's. I mean, Bama's still Bama. It's the it's the best job in the sport now. I think you can make the case easily for Notre Dame at one point in time. Mm-hmm. I think now it's Alabama. They've become, you know, like even in years where. And Kentucky fans can cover your ears now. Like for a long time, and it's changed since Shostakovich retired. But like the the program that people associated the most with the sport of college basketball since like the the mid nineties has been Duke. Like like it just has been. Like mm-hmm. you talk, people hate them. They talk, but like they drive the ship. Alabama is the, the the Duke of college football, or Duke is the Alabama of college basketball. However you want to say it, like they're the name. When people think college football, if you're looking for a generic program to reference, like you're going straight to Alabama. So, like I, I think it's the biggest gig. Maybe Dan Lanning would just be loyal to Oregon. Maybe he, I don't. He likes Eugene. Whatever. I, I imagine if they came to him with the right offer, he would probably jump for that job because it's it's the biggest thing in the sport. Mm-hmm. They've got advantages that nobody else has, and we'll see. Whatever happens will be very, very intriguing to follow. Maybe we get Nick Saban that goes to the basketball team. I don't know. <laughs> will Jeff Brom be targeted? Probably not. At one point in time, Saban did go after him as, as offensive coordinator, but I can't imagine he'd be on the list. But Vince Merrill, definitely on the list. Way up. Maybe not number one, but definitely on the list. 502-414-1450. We'll take some text here, and then we'll make some predictions about not just tonight's Louisville-Miami game, but some other games that are out there as well. Big X, big bets. 
they're coming back. Texas, I heard someone today argue that a rebuild takes years. This couldn't be further from the truth with the right coach plus NIL and the portal. I mean, anybody who's still arguing that at this point, I think is just, you're not arguing in good faith. There are far too many opposite arguments that exist. Case in point. So last night, the biggest game, the biggest game of the evening is is Iowa State beating Houston at home, right? Mm-hmm. Iowa State in 2021. You know, we're not talking way, way in the past. This is three, we're three seasons removed from this now. Won two games, two and 22, 0 and 18 in the Big 12. Their only wins were over Arkansas Pine Bluff, who was 351 on Ken Palm that year, and Jackson State. That is a, I mean, that's that's worse than we were. Excuse me. I just died. That was worse than we were a year ago. Worse than we are right now. They make a coaching change. Steve Prohm out. TJ Otzelberger in. The very next year, not only are they like, hey, we're making strides in the right direction, they won 22 games and went to the Sweet 16. The very next year. Last year, they're, uh, they're a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament. They win, they go 19 and 13, 99 in a very good Big 12. They're a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament. This year, they're damn good. Number 17 on Ken Palm, just knocked off the last unbeaten team in college basketball. Thank you, Iowa State, by the way. 12 and 3. Hoosiers live on. Yeah, pop the champagne scoots. <laughs> it's all good. The right hire can turn this thing around quickly. And we're talking Iowa State, a good basketball program, don't get me wrong, but a program that's never won a national title, a program that doesn't have the advantages that Louisville does, a program that, while their fan base is, is pretty rabid, is has a much smaller fan base than than Louisville does. Like we should be better than Iowa State in most years, and they were able to go from two wins to being consistently nationally relevant in the snap of a finger. Kansas State did the same thing with Jerome Tang. You make the right hire in this day and age, they can get it. To, like there's, I'm not going to say that whoever we hire you've got to hold their feet to the fire and say you must go to the NCAA tournament in year one. But I am saying if we do this the right way, hire this guy in March, give him a chance to assemble a roster, recruit some of the players from this year's team back if you want them, go out and get the best players available in the transfer portal, maybe sign a late player or two from the 2024 class. Maybe TJ Robinson still wants to come here. We'll see. But the right coach can have this team competitive next year. There's no reason not to in this day and age. Right. And the right coach absolutely should have this team in the NCAA tournament in his second year. I will stand by that. There's no slow rebuilding anymore. Now, maybe it's a slow rebuild in terms of Louisville getting back to a place where every single year you expect them to be preseason top 15, top 10, and, and they're a realistic national title contender. That may take three, four, five years. But as far as like getting back to being nationally relevant at a place like Louisville, you should be... It, it, the right guy will have it done in next to no time. I wholeheartedly believe that. Texture says, is KP the worst hire in the history of college athletics due to all the ramifications of the city and the entire diehard fan base? This is not the first time we've had this question. <laughs> it's not the last time we're going to have this question. I, mean, I think if you're looking at it just from purely a competitive viewpoint, right? Wins and losses. Because you've had like, Dave Bliss... Awful hire. Had players murdering other players and was kind of covering up parts of it. Like that, like that's that's a different level than what we're dealing with with Kenny Payne. If we're talking just about wins and losses, all that good stuff, 
if this season continues to go the way that it looks like it's going to, and Kenny Payne comes to Louisville and fails to win double-digit games in either of his two seasons here, he's got a case. Like there's, there's no way around it. Like, like they, they, it will be in the discussion. Like, you know, we had the the texter a couple of days ago say, "Has any other top-tier program in college basketball made a hire that's done this poorly?" And the answer is no. Like, you know, you've had Matt Doherty had a, a bad season in North Carolina. Um, you know, a couple of, of great coaches have had bad seasons here and there. Like Billy Gillespie had two bad seasons by their standards. None were ev- even in the same stratosphere as what we've seen with Kenny Payne. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll scream it till the cows come home. Gillespie was SEC Coach of the Year, made the NCAA tournament in one of his two years, went to the NIT the other year. We can't like we can't sniff the NIT right now. It is a entire like, and he was bad, and he deserved to go. It was the right move for Kentucky to fire him after two years, and he was infinitely better than Kenny Payne has been at Louisville. You said he hasn't won double digits in either year. He may not get a double digits total. He hasn't gotten a double digits in combined years yet. There's, it's, it's bad. Texter says Scoots wants Nancy to come to his house because he is the Trevor's mom. Texter. That's from Scoots hater. <laughs> I am not Trevor's mom. Texter, but she's a she's. Decent looking lady. Texture says, uh, if, if you have the truth serum and Kenny Payne could answer any question honestly, I'm asking him if he wipes, wipes from the front or back. Come on. Come on. Use your one question better than that. <laughs> Texas Bama football, KP's got to make him say no. Yeah. Texas, I hope we raid Ole Miss. I hope we do too. Texas, is, if Saban is retiring, are there any recruits that we could snag? Probably not. Well, I mean, we already got Ja'Cory Evans. We already got a wide receiver from there. As far as recruits, I mean, if you're going to Alabama, I think that you're probably going to be, no disrespect to ourselves, if you're falling down that tree, the branches you hit on the way down are probably going to be a little bit higher than Louisville. That's that's my guess. Texter says, uh, this mother bleeper said, son in, LMAO, where's TK? <laughs> I've not heard people talk about Sonnen in a long time. Same, yeah. Did you ever put Sonnen in your hair? No. I don't. How did he even know what that is? I don't know. Um, that means he used it. Maybe. Sonnen was very popular. Like I never did it. No wonder he left. He knew he was about he was to get down, roasted yeah, he's, for he's using getting roasted for that. Yeah. Like seventh, eighth grade, ninth grade. When, when like um, like like the boy bands were doing it, it was kind of like the, the the fad for white kids to have that little son. I, I did have friends that did it, and we made fun of them. It was embarrassing. I didn't really have to do that because my hair in the summertime would turn like bleach blonde. Kind of like an ash blonde Got kid. stupid blonde, yeah. Good for you. I never knew how it even worked. Like People were like, I put lemon juice in my hair. It's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> Please stop. Texas, any chance that Alabama calls Brom? I don't think so, but never say never. Texas Bama fans want either Kiffin or Dabo. Kiffin, the young guy who revived his career at Bama and has been really a fan favorite. Dabo, a former Alabama player with a national pedig- title pedigree. I would love it if if, if Alabama got Dabo because I think he would suck there. That would be not a good hire. I, I, I think, I mean, you talk about he's been, I mean, he's kind of been at odds with Clemson fans mm-hmm. for going 8-4. and four Because he set the standard for Clemson being, and his whole retort has been, like, like he hasn't, He's kind of handled it in an ungraceful manner. Not that what he said, we went on this whole spiel when we talked about the Tyler rant. Like, what he's saying isn't... Tyler. It, Tyler. Like, what, what? his points aren't invalid. Like, he took Clemson to another level. He, he created this problem for himself by consistently winning 10, 11, 12 games and playing for national titles that when you have a season here or there where you go 9-3 and three or 8-4, and four, 
Like that's which is what the standard was before he got there. Like it's no longer going to be accepted. So he's right about that. But when like the best coaches, when you have a season like they just had, where they went eight and four and then beat Kentucky in a bowl game, like the best coaches have to be like, this is unacceptable, right? Like, like you know, it's not we set a new standard at Clemson. You know, we want to be playing for national titles. We expect to be winning conference championships, all that good stuff. And instead, he's kind of been like, you guys have gotten spoiled. Which is true, but it's not what you say to the fan base when they're upset about an 8-4 and four season. And it's, if, if you thought it didn't fly well at Clemson, imagine trying to say that in Tuscaloosa. It ain't going to fly at all. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they wanted to fire Saban after 11-1 and one seasons. When he wasn't winning conference championships, like he, like they, yeah, he couldn't handle it. I don't think he can handle it. Yeah. I really and truly don't. Texas friendly reminder that Ron Cooper beat Nick Saban. He did. It's one of the best facts of all time. Ron Cooper one defeated Nick Saban in their only head-to-head co- head coaching battle. Two had a winning record against Kentucky. The worst coach in Louisville football history had both of those check marks on his resume, which is great. Texas Gunther Steiner at Alabama. There you go. He, he's, a, he's available for everybody. Where's he at? Who is? I don't know who that is. He's the, the former uh, Haas uh, guy for from Formula One. We had a texter saying that earlier, that like, oh, maybe he would come to Louisville. Gotcha. He, he got fired in the, in the middle of the, in the middle of the year. Texas, could you post the college b-ball bets on Twitter whenever you recommend them on the radio show? We can do that. We, we did that for football. We can start doing it for basketball. I didn't make my bets till I got home last night. Like I, I, I looked at – I don't think we even picked games at the, at the end of yesterday's show when Matt was here. Because we were so enthralled with the football and basketball discussions. That we, no, I take it back because I picked Iowa State to win straight up. at the end, and That was the one game, and then I think Baylor-BYU was the other that we picked. Texas says, I think Alicia Keys is very pretty, but doesn't really have as much sex appeal as a lot of other famous women. Halle Berry, Rihanna, and Sierra uh, all have it like crazy. Yeah, she's not more like sex symbol. She, I think people view her as more like classically beautiful. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yep. Spot on. Sports radio show. Go cards. Texas, I do not think that Brom would ever leave Louisville. However, is there one job that you would be afraid that he would leave for, maybe if Notre Dame showed interest? I mean, I think I mean, I think that if if, if Alabama showed interest in Jeff Brom, he would have to significantly consider it. I, I, I think timing is everything. I mean, he didn't leave Purdue for Louisville, not because he didn't want the Louisville job, but because he'd just gotten there. He'd only finished his first season. He promised all these things to his current players and the recruiting class that he'd brought in. And he wanted to see that through. I, I, the same thing is happening here at Louisville. I, I think that he's you know he's just getting started here. Maybe if Bama or Notre Dame came calling right now, he would say thanks, but no thanks. But five years from now, he would have to be like, yeah, I'm going to entertain that. I mean, I don't think there's a never say never situation with any head coach, even one that's playing or that's coaching for the hometown school that they played for. I mean, if 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 Jeff crushes it here, and five or six years from now Notre Dame comes calling. He's going to listen. I, mean, I would love to think that he would stay here forever, but I'm not going to say with 100% certainty that that's going to be the case. Texas, I hope Brom is on the phone right now trying to get Bama players to transfer here. Yeah, take take their players, take their recruits. I'm not sure they're going to pick Louisville over some of the other schools that will be calling, but I think it's going to be a, a fire sale. I mean, But, I mean, you know, I would assume that most of those players will probably at least stick around and wait and see who the next head coach is, hear them out. And then we'll see who wants to leave and who wants to maybe get more somewhere else. Texas fire Kenny Payne and get Nick Saban on the sidelines. Josh Hurd's a coward if he doesn't do it, <laughs> if he doesn't try. Texas Dabo will be the next head coach at Bama. Just don't see it. We'll see it. Texas, so if Patrick is heading to WKU, does that make Trevor his role model or mentor? Ooh. 
we didn't even really we talked about Trevor's WKU experience, and we talked about Patrick going to WKU. We never put two and two together. We didn't. Trevor needs to teach Patrick the the ropes of Bowling Green, which I I get the sense that Trevor didn't leave his apartment in Bowling Green very much. <laughs> Probably the same as he is now. Yeah. Texas Dabo has to be looking to get out of Clemson before they realize that his run there is done. The, the more people are saying it, the more I'm like, it, it does make sense. Like, I think Dabo would probably leave Clemson for Alabama. He played there. I do think that he's you know, he, he's voiced some unhappiness in recent years. The fan base has certainly voiced some unhappiness with him. I, I you know, he's tried to reverse. He's he's tried to pivot his position when it comes to the transfer portal and assistant coaches and and all this stuff in recent years. And maybe the damage has been done too much to reverse it like really quickly. So, if you're staring down another nine and three, ten and two, eight and four type season, which again is a good year for ninety five percent of programs in college football, but not great compared to where you've been in recent history. Maybe you, you know, this is the perfect time to get out of town. I think he would take the Bama job. I, I mean, I just think it wouldn't go well. It'd be fine. He's not going to go like six and six in Alabama, but I think that it wouldn't be. They want the next Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dabo is the next Nick Saban. I don't think that he can do what Saban. I mean, the, the the best thing that Saban had going for him was he was a college football robot. Like he never got too high, never got too low, which is the type of insane mindset that you have to have to thrive in a place like Tuscaloosa, where it's a twenty four hour a day, three hundred sixty five day a year conversation, and you're the focal point. Like he's Saban was one of those rare, rare human beings that just cut out to handle it, and Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney is more of a, a big personality I mean, that, that gets high, gets low. And I don't, I don't know if that's going to work in Alabama. Texas, time to scoop some of the Bama recruits. <laughs> I love that's how everybody's mind went Everyone's mind immediately went there. Texas Saban finally heard that we got a Publix. He's coming on board as Brahms' lead defensive analyst. Bring him here. <laughs> Bring Publix here. Is there, we were having the conversation before. This, <laughs> literally, we were talking about Publix coming to Louisville before the Nick Saban news broke. Is there something that exists elsewhere in the country that we don't have here that you would go as crazy for if it came here as some Louisvillians have gone about Publix opening? I do. Yes. Okay. Whataburger. I've never had Whataburger. It's so good. Everybody always compares it and In-N-Out. I just, I don't even think it's close. In-N-Out's overrated. Where Whataburger? Is that all all West Coast? You know, I don't really know where they're at. I, I ate it down in Jacksonville. So. Okay, so not. Yeah. I don't, I mean... I don't think there's a place like that for me. Like for a while there, I really liked getting Chick Fil A when it wasn't here, mm-hmm. when I was in like college on, on road trips and stuff. But like, there's n- I've never had In and Out. I've never had Whataburger. Um, I don't think there's a regional chain. I, I do like Publix. I like Pub Subs. Like you know, when we go on vacation, love oh, like IGA. He, IGA is is great. Springfield, where my wife lives, uh, they have a fantastic IGA. Great fried chicken. It's, it's delicious. Um, I would go there if it was there's one in Louisville. Ooh, I got a good one. There's none of these around here. Dollar General. There are Dollar Generals here. That was a joke, Mike. There's, oh, I was, I was there's going, a thousand. I was Dollar going Generals. to say. I, I was literally like, <laughs> they're on every freaking corner. <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, that's. Uh, I was like, I was like uh, am I getting the name wrong? I, like, I, know, I know they're dollar stores, but I'm pretty sure they're Dollar Generals. Uh, Texas uh, is where Whataburger originated, according to the text line. Makes sense. Texas scoots haste in and out, consistent with his bad takes. <laughs> I've never had in and out. I've only heard. I mean, I've never heard like terrible things. I've only heard like, hey, it's really good. It's worthy of the hype, or it's good, but it's not 
quite as good as some people make it out to be. I've never heard like it's crap. Well, from so anybody. so for me, when I'm eating a burger and fries, I want the fries are almost more important for me than the burger. And okay. In and Out's fries just weren't weren't great. Plus, Whataburger's fries aren't top of the line either, but they have this spicy ketchup that's to die for. And I, I'm not even a ketchup guy. Ketchup can make or break fries yeah. for sure. There's no way around it. A uh, real quick programming note: I, I mentioned this on Monday. We had some. Uh, I had some. It was my fault. I had some Wi-Fi trouble here at the studio. I will be on the ACC network coming up here at 6:15 to talk a little Cardinal football. Oh, and you didn't basketball. do it the other night? No, I, uh, but I think a panic. Like I could not get the. My phone didn't have the Wi-Fi, so I couldn't get the. the my computer did. I couldn't set up the FaceTime to work properly, and then I was like scrambling trying to get the password. And, and um, while the segment is supposed to be going on, which why, did, I, why didn't you call me? I know. I, I, well, I, I got the password, but it ended up being like I was like 10 minutes late. So they'd be like, we'll just we'll bump it to a couple of days from now. So I'm oh, going to do that at 6.15 today. I know. It was, the thing is, I, I didn't like check to make sure that I had everything in working order because I've done this show like three times from here. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, everything's gone perfectly. So today, 6.15, I'm on ACC Network. Use that as your little uh, your lead in. Turn on the Mike Rutherford interview and then keep it right there for Louisville versus Miami at 7 o'clock. We've got a couple. We'll talk about a couple of these other games really quickly that are going to go on tonight before we make our predictions for Louisville at Miami. There's no games tonight involving multiple top 25 teams, but there are some notable contests. Eight o'clock on ESPN. Number seven, North Carolina is on the road taking on NC State, who is red hot right now. UNC is a three and a half point road favorite. These are two of the only three unbeaten teams remaining in the ACC. Scoots, who do you like here? I think North Carolina wins the game, but I like North, uh, NC State to cover. I'm going to take the pack to, to win straight up money. Okay. I'm not going to bet that. I don't feel that confident in it, but I'm going to take NC State. They've, they've been they've been really, really good as of late. It seems like they give Carolina a pretty good game when they play in Raleigh. I'm going to say NC State gets the better of them tonight. Um, Tennessee, number five in the country, on the road taking on Mississippi State. There's another game with a high-ranked team on the road. Just a two-and-a-half-point road favorite are the Volunteers. Who do you like here? That line's weird. I'm going to play into the stink. I'm going to take Mississippi State. I, I, the line is weird. I feel like they want me to do this, but I, I like I like this Tennessee team a lot. I'm going to say they get it done tonight. I'm going to say they win. Uh, well, obviously they would cover if they win. I'm going to say they win and cover. They get it done tonight. Um, I mean Mississippi State matches up well. With I cannot wait. You, I mean you just sealed it for yourself, Mike. I I can't wait till Tennessee wins by two. They, 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 just because you say obviously if they win they cover. I know I did. Say I, that. I mean you just that's, I did, I that's did. the jinx of all jinxes. I did. Um, I did. I, I like it. the other bet that I do like that I'm staring at right now. Kansas on the road taking on UCF. They're six and a half point road favorites. I think Kansas wins and covers that one. That's a weird number too. That is a weird number. A lot of a uh, lot of high ranked teams playing conference road games. All right, real quickly, Louisville, Miami tonight. Cards are sixteen and a half point. Wait, underdogs. Kansas UCF is a. Oh my gosh, I forgot. Yeah. It is a conference game. It is a co- it's a conference That's game. That's wild. Uh, who wins tonight? Uh, how badly does Louisville lose tonight? Uh, I'm going to stick with the original prediction, 92-70. Uh, there you go. It's the Mike Rutherford <laughs> pick. I, I, I feel like I, it just came to my mind. I have to stick with it. Louisville hangs around early on. Miami runs away from them late. And it's the uh, same old same old when it comes to the postgame press conference. The cards fall by 22 tonight. Hope I'm wrong. Hope we're talking about a victory tomorrow. And it would be a fun show if so. Uh, either way, we'll have Scooter Dingus back in studio tomorrow. Enjoy the game tonight. I'm on ACC Network in 15 minutes. Check it out there. Go Cards, beat Miami. That tonight's going to be